Today's movie is an animated film, which got me thinking, what horror movie would you like to see redone or, you know, even done for the first time as an anime or a stop motion animation? Okay, so I'm going to really go wild here. I'll say probably Nightmare on Elm Street 3. I knew The it. Dream Child. I knew Imagine it. Imagine what they could do with animation. And it that, would look amazing. Yeah. But uh, I, I called that. Like, a moment I yeah. did that question, I was like, oh, I know it. John's that's that's a with. gimme. Uh, that's a gimme because you could do so much more cool stuff in the dream side of things. And uh, the wizard kid could have some cool wizard powers besides yeah. stupid lightning. So, Oh, the way Freddy moves and stuff like that would yeah. be really cool to like see in that like, kind of fast, like, you know, rushed, you know, frames per second anime style. But... Yeah, that's a good choice. I like it. And filling in for Mark today, ladies and gentlemen, because he's out on vacation. Mark, we hope you're having a great time out there. I don't. I hope it's miserable. Wow. You know, that's that's in line with horror. Yeah. We hope it's just a terrible like survival experience. (laughs) He is on a train, so it could be a whole like uh, train to Busan type thing. Oh, you never know. Yeah. Or maybe some stranger's been stalking him. Yeah. A few cities now and he doesn't he doesn't know. No idea. He'll know when he gets home. Somehow it's also (laughs) Snowpiercer. There's just a lot of weird train (laughs) shit going on. (laughs) And that voice ladies and gentlemen, is a returning guest after a very long time. Matt, welcome back to the podcast. What would be your anime horror movie? I thank you. Glad to be back. And uh, I think this is one that's also going to be kind of generic, but it's I'm surprised it hasn't been done yet. And I think the Alien series would be awesome as anime. I think there's yeah. so much to work with. Uh, when I was a kid, we read those uh, Dark Horse comics of Alien, and there's like so much of that world of aliens infecting different species across different planets and different things. And I think there's just a ton to work with and the, uh, the action would look really cool in an anime style. Yeah. I would love to see it like in a, um, matrix revelations or a Batman, uh, Gotham Knights style or like those small little animated vignettes from different studios. That could be really cool. Yeah, I think you mean yeah. animatrix. Yes, you do. Yes. Did I say revelations? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. My bad. My bad. Animatrix. Yeah. Animatrix to Peter Chung, all these different animators trying different yeah. things like something yeah. like that with alien. Yeah. I'd be on board for that. Studio yeah. IG getting involved in there. Yeah. Yes, sir. That'd be great. Um, so mine is going to throw everyone for a loop because I absolutely hate this movie. But I think if it was done in a like a true like anime style kind of balls to the wall, I would enjoy it a lot more. Jason X. Hmm. I do not yeah. like that movie at all, but I think that would be a really cool animated movie. Um, you could do stop motion, make it really creepy looking, or you could even go with like full, like, you know, like Japanese anime style and have some like really intense chase scenes through these small corridors, moving into really fast, you know, frame rate and stuff. I mean, that would look really solid. What about a really high end CGI film like uh, Love and Robots kind of level? I would I would say Love and Robots. Man, Love and Robots is amazing. If you're not watching that, it's on Netflix. Love Death gentlemen. and Robots. Love Death Robots. Yes. That's what it is. That's right. That is that's awesome. They're on season three now, I think, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um that's fantastic. I feel that CGI has come so far and with the the design and the characters of Jason X, you're not gonna get anything that's gonna be that far from just realism. I mean, the the CGI would look, you know, kind of stylized, of course, but it's almost like filming it with film. So I would like to see something a little more like, you know, like off the beaten path artistic with it. Um, I feel like the the stop motion animation, you know, kind of jankiness that happens uh, would look really solid, even with like a really smooth version of it, like uh, like a studio's. Yeah, there's that little bit of like uneasy, otherworldly kind of movement that they have. I think that might make Jason like that much creepier especially when you're on such like a pristine, solid, like, you know, spaceship, you know, set design. Mm-hmm. But um, I would like to see that. I think that might be a good way to revitalize that movie and, and make me actually give a shit about it. 
I stopped listening after you said you didn't I like know, Jason 10. I know you did. The best of did. all the Jason films. So. Uh, Jason X had Gilbert Gottfried in it. None of the others can say that. Yeah, see? so <laughs> I know, I know. That's that's the, the struggle I deal with constantly, folks. <laughs> yeah. It was in space, dude. Yeah. Space. I, I know, I know. Have you watched Amityville in space yet? No, is it out yet? I don't know, but if it's not, we need to find out when that's coming out. Because yeah. you and I are doing a quickie. So. I am, I, I, yeah, absolutely. You put anything in space, I'm going to watch it, so... <laughs> What's up, you creatures from cyberspace? Welcome back to another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. I am joined by John and Matt today. As we mentioned earlier, Mark is out on vacation, but he will be back soon with us, I believe, for our next film, uh, which let's just go ahead and spoil that right away, is going to be 2022's Black Phone uh, from Scott Derrickson, I believe, um, with Ethan Hawke. Looks pretty, looks pretty interesting. Well, welcome back. We've got a very interesting episode today. We're, it's an animated film. That came out of kind of nowhere, if you were not familiar with it, called Mad God. Shudder bought the rights to this one. And, uh, you know, I saw it and I was like, yo, this is happening. And we'll get into kind of the backstory of that. But before we jump into all of that, let's go ahead and find out what have you guys been up to? Well, let's see. I am up to Fast in the Furious 8, The Fate of the Furious. So stay tuned. Probably next time we'll the have the official. The sequels. Yes, yes. Okay. We'll have uh, the official. Just to keep it in line with horror. Grave Talk, Fast and Furious. I mean, the driving is terrifying. Could you imagine? Uh, so I'd rather not. <laughs> have Hobbs and Shaw and Fast 9, the one they, where they go to space. So, uh, so they're not at 10 yet? No, 10 is, is filming, but uh, they lost their director and they had to get a new director. And it's did a he, whole thing. Did he thing. die or did No, he quit. Oh. He quit because Vin Diesel is a diva. So No. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking news. You heard it here first on the Grave Talk podcast. Uh, yeah. So that's a thing. Um, oh, and I watched 976 Evil. That's a classic. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it was all right. <laughs> now that is supposed to be a like unofficial kind of like spiritual sequel to the, the evil character from Fright Night. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I could see that. It's kind of uh, like if that character, like his origin story almost is kind of what that's supposed to kind of be. I dig um, it. Uh, it was, you know, not the best movie I've ever seen. It's uh, got moments, but, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a, you know, if you like 80s horror, you'll like this one. I still remember when that was the scariest video box in the video rental store. Yep. As yeah. a kid, I would pick it up and look at it and just know that it would give me nightmares and just put it back. And But every time I went, I was like, oh, I got to stop by and just visit that really that scary box. box yeah. you know? <laughs> we need to really get Mark on top of his um, his video side mm -hmm. project where he talks about movies that he picked up just based off the covers. Oh, nice. And uh, he's going to talk about those because, man, you're right. The video box art for some of these movies in the 80s scared the shit out of me. House is a good example. Yep. That House had the scariest cover, and then you watch it, and you're like, wait a minute. Hold <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is, I've been hoodwinked. It's like, it's like I think I may have mentioned this on the podcast, it's like hearing Kiss for the first time. You see Kiss, and you're like, wow, these guys must like fucking sound like yeah. the devil himself. And it's all like, Suzanne would love you. He's like, oh, God, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had a disco song, and uh, 
<laughs> but yeah, meanwhile, they're on, spa- on stage spitting up blood and, you yeah. know, just... Uh, it's a real contradiction. They're a though. band yeah. of multitudes, okay? So uh, I will say it was nice to see Robert Picardo not play the Doctor in Star Trek Voyager. Uh, I was like, oh shit, surprise Doctor. Uh, so he does a good job there uh, in that movie. And that's about it, about 976 Evil. Apparently there's a sequel. Have any of y'all seen that? Wait, to 976 Evil? Yeah, no. 976 Evil 2. Uh, the box cover, notably uh, It should have been called scared. 976 Evil Extension 2. Or, How the fuck yeah, do you miss that uh, opportunity? It's Different phone number. Nope, it's just 976 Evil 2. This time, Satan returns the call. Okay, uh, that's a pretty good okay. tagline. It's uh, really working on a sex factor instead of a scary factor for the box cover. Oh, yeah, yeah that wouldn't have stopped me when I was uh, a kid. No. Maybe, maybe as a teenager, though. Yeah. Also, I didn't know. So here's something for our uh, younger listeners. 976 is what the premium phone number was before 1900. I just thought that was random. Uh-huh. But apparently, if you knew about ni- if you were alive in the early 80s, 976 is uh, pre-1900, 1900. And our youngest audience members are like, what the fuck are they talking about? What's 1-900? Could you patch me into the party line, Dixie? Yeah. Right away, <laughs> you used to call to hear pre-recorded bullshit for a lot of money. Once again, foolish friends, Freddy Krueger is on your phone. Dial this number now. I've got some tales to tell. Freddy's favorite bedtime stories. <laughs> Deadtime stories. So dial this number now if you dare and prepare for a scare. Freddy Krueger has a special message just for you. Tom Freddy sent you. <laughs> okay, what have I been up to? Yeah, what have you been up to? I've got a new job where I'm uh, using 3D printing to create bronze statues and monuments. Or and bronze, for br- those who don't bruns, know. Yes, if, uh, from, <laughs> uh, if you're from the north, I believe it's pronounced brunts. But uh, yeah, it's uh, we use uh, 3D printing and uh, 3D sculpting techniques, and we make uh, bronze sculptures and stuff. But uh, probably the biggest event in my life right now is I beat Elden Ring on Thursday. Oh, whoa! Okay. Yeah, major life changer for me. Uh, I'd I'd been pretty tied up with that whole gaming event. I don't even know how to describe it. Just, I did that uh, a couple weeks ago, and. My first Souls game. Really? Yes, my first Souls game, and I, I beat Elden Ring. I actually got three of the endings. It was a, yeah, it was a, it was a good game. It was a hell of an ordeal. And uh, I mean, I'm kind of joking saying that was a big event in my life, but like, I can do other things now. I'm free again. Oh, that's exactly <laughs> how I felt. I, I, I walked into work and I told Mark, I was like, I've done it. I don't have to do it ever again. Yeah. I'm back to being a human. Um, that game is very weird in the fact that it has perfected the, the dopamine drip. That game opens up more map opens up characters, opens up like enemies, like design where you're just like, you're like, okay, I'm starting to get annoyed with all, oh, wait, what the hell is this? And then you're just back in. Yep. Like, this is the first time a game has drug me along for that many hours. And I've been like, let's go. Yeah. And it was uh, Thursday night was the night that the film we're about to talk about came out and I was supposed to watch it that night. But I realized if I don't get Elden Ring out of the way, <laughs> I'm going to be so unprepared when I come to record with you guys. So, uh, yeah, that film had to wait till Friday night. Oh, I've been through three marriages just because of Elden Ring. <laughs> that's, just, that's just the way things is. Uh, that's just the way things is. OK, that's not even proper English. Just but. the way it is. <laughs> Some things will never change. <laughs> what else you about to do? Anything exciting? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah. That's actually a fair answer because Elden Ring pretty much is just it <laughs> yeah. for most people. Um, no, that was really cool. And there's actually a lot of like really disturbing kind of horror things in that game. Mm, um, yes. that, that design team is kind of top notch. But I am glad I'm done with that. 
So I've been playing WWE 2K22. Now there's have a fun really? game. Oh hell yeah, that game is so fun. Uh, Does it, it have looks, Coco it Beware? Uh, no, no, I'm not interested. Not. But uh, it's it's actually a huge return to form because WWE 2K20 was trash. So. Well, well, I really enjoyed the 2K20 uh, videos of all the glitches and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, part was fun. That was pretty fun. <laughs> Everyone loves a good shit show. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of shit shows, this movie was not, but it had a lot of shit in it. It so. did. <laughs> like real, literal shit, piles and piles of it. It, it was, was surprising. It, it basically had some Kuso vibes going on a little bit there. Um, but no, today we are talking about uh, Mad God, which came out in 2022. One could argue was a, a, a long time labor of love as this movie took almost 30 years to complete. Um, I don't even know if it was meant to be a movie necessarily, but yeah, it is a stop motion animation film from Phil Tippett. You probably know Phil Tippett from special effects on Star Wars, Jurassic Park, Robocop. He did the Ed 209 and all that stuff like that. Big practical stop motion effects uh, artist. And he started a project back in the late 80s uh, called Mad God. And then I believe the story is that when he was working on Jurassic Park, uh, they saw what CGI could do. And he became incredibly disillusioned and kind of like, well, that's it. (laughs) This is the future. We're done. Like, this is all finished. Um, And he kind of was given up on it. And some people were like, no, don't don't give up on this. Keep going. It was a side project that he was doing. And they were like, no, just keep going. And so in his spare time on the weekends in between projects, he'd work on this and stuff like that. And then eventually in the the early 2000s, I want to say maybe like 2008, 9 or something like that, they did a Kickstarter. And uh, to, to complete Mad God. And he had put out like a few 10 minute little snippets of what they had done up until that point. But um, yeah, he did a Kickstarter, got funding and Mad God was going to be completed. And so cut to 2022. And here we are. 85 minutes of stop motion animation insanity. It, it was gorgeous. It was fantastic. Very artsy, but very convoluted plot, which I think we need to kind of touch on at this point, because for our listeners out there, this is going to be a hard one for us to describe in our standard uh, Grave Talk format where we kind of like, and then Judy goes inside and does this. No, this is going to be like some of this shit happens. It's going to be kind of free for all potpourri at this point. So um, bear with us. But if you are interested in animation, uh, this has some very beautiful, like gory horror, um, you know, visuals. Um, I would definitely recommend checking it out. I would I would like to at this point cut and say, would you guys recommend this? Let's just get it out of the way. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, with uh, like an asterisk. Because uh, I feel like this movie is wildly overrated, but it is if you it is a good uh, it's very pretty. Well, pretty is not the right word. It's a very well done, disgusting, gory set of visuals that though is just boring. <laughs> I went into this as a little quick backstory. Um, I had heard about this project for you know quite a few years. Never really heard much about it after I knew there was a Kickstarter starting, and uh, you know like kind of fell off the radar at that point. Just stopped thinking about it. Didn't see much from it. And um, I forgot to back the Kickstarter, so I'm a piece of shit. So let's just get that out of the way. Uh, Way to go, dude. I know, I know. Real son of a bitch. Would have came out five years ago. There's one more kick uh, backer. My 25 bucks could have changed everything. And we were trying to decide what movie to do this week when Mark was out. And I saw Matt God pop up in a Shudder ad. You know, shout out to Shudder, as always, delivering the goods. Um, And I was like, yo, it's here. We've got to do this. Like, it's stop motion animation, one of my favorite art styles, you know. But to be fair... I knew nothing about the plot other than like the little snippets of the stuff that he had shown like 10, 15 years ago. So yeah, once I started watching it, I, I quickly was like, oh, there's going to be some some opinions from the, <laughs> the, the crew on this one. Um, you, know, you know what it reminds me of? Like those kind of movies that 
play in a loop at like a modern art museum that they just like project against a wall that are like, okay, this is interesting. It's making my eyeballs happy. I don't really know what the hell's happening, but all right. That's, that's the vibe I, I personally got from this movie. I was like, I don't think I'm smart enough for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's a matter of intelligence, but yeah, I was kind of just sitting there going, you know, oh, I'm amazed. Like this is, oh, I hear all of this. I mean, there is, I feel like Phil Tippett was really, really talking to us. Like he had a lot to say uh, from Phil. Like yeah, not, there's not, stuff yeah. there, but it's like, it's almost like someone dumped a puzzle out and walked away and was like, enjoy. And you're like, oh, I got to do all this. Okay. Like, I felt like I had, it was my responsibility to do the work, but it's yes. there. There's enough threads to be like, okay, I see what you're doing here. Well, I would say you're not wrong about that at all. That is, it's definitely one of those works of art. That's kind of like, okay, I, I put down the first half. Now you complete it with what you think is happening. What, you know, David Lynch does the same thing with a lot of his kind mm-hmm. of work, you know, those where a, a, a lot, some of his weirder films, a lot of people don't like them because it's like the plot didn't make sense, you know? And it's like, well, you have to make sense of it by watching it four or five times. And uh, you know, it's hard to get Which people I'm to just... very torn on that yeah, concept. I feel yeah. like I'm here for you to do the work. You, you yeah. had a job to do, which was to give me a narrative or give me something to, you know, like, yep. so whenever it's like, it's up to you, I'm kind of like, no, 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 I paid you money. It's up to you, my friend. But this one, I also wonder if it suffered from being a project that lasted so long. I don't know if you've ever worked on something where you've come back to it every, you know, every couple years and you're just like, oh, what if I did this different on it? And sometimes you kind of restart or it changes what it was originally supposed to be. I wonder how much of that mad God suffered from just, you know, like, oh, what if we went with this thing? Or, you know, like, hey, I did this cool thing. Let's see if we can shoehorn that into the story this time. Absolutely. Uh, as a sculptor making bronze sculptures, you know, the, the process on those things is pretty slow. It's not like uh, painting where you can get a series done, you know, over a summer or something like that. And so, yeah, I have had that happen where four or five sculptures into a series. I'm just like, I'm so bored with this and I think it kind of sucks. And I think it was a bad idea to start with. <laughs> and then it just ends. And, uh, you know, cause you, you want to do about 10 or 12 to get a good series, mm-hmm. you know, for galleries and stuff. And that is so hard to do <laughs> when it's three months for each one, you know, cause yeah. you're a different person by the time you get halfway through it, you know, well, shit with the pandemic, man, <laughs> life changed in a couple months. Exactly. Life will never be the same. I don't know why I turned into Donald Pleasance there for a moment, but we'll just keep going. Yeah, that's what he would say, though. So, I, I think yeah. so, too. Let's tap yeah. into our inner Donald Pleasance. Every <laughs> and it was also, a st- I thought he had dropped by. I was like, oh, shit, is Donald here? Well, uh, you know, I got the shaved head. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, like Donnie yeah. is what his friends call him, but you got some real DP energy. Wait, hold on. That <laughs> sounded bad. DP energy. <laughs> got that yeah. DP energy over here. I'm uh, ready to see that meme on the, the grave talk. The, just a picture of Donald Pleasance with DP energy. Like, yeah. Maybe, Big uh, DP energy. Yeah. He brings it every time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We should definitely put that on the Instagram at this point then, because I think we're all going to have a lot to say about the animation and some of the visuals and um, some of the unique techniques they use to, you know, kind of like, um, you know, complete some of these scenes. But let's see if let's jump into the the plot. See if we can make a little heads or tails of that for the audience before we jump into this, because I feel, you know, again, we had to do a lot of work, but I feel like you may have come to a different conclusion than I did. And John, I I, came to no conclusion. I can't even imagine where you're you're fucking. I got nothing. I was just like, okay, well, there was three unconnected stories. You know what, Garrett? I think today we need to make a goal that by the end of this show, John has a conclusion. I, well, I had a conclusion that this no, movie I mean, was like, a clue. Like, you, <laughs> yeah, By the end of the like, day, John should at least have a clue what's like going You're going to have a story to tell oh. about Mad God and what it's done in your life. That's a lift. I've never had How? a clue my whole life. So, <laughs> <laughs> clueless. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about 
we, we, we kind of recommended this. Well, John sort of recommended this, but let's talk about the Rotten Tomatoes score because I feel like this has got to be very polarizing amongst the audience and the critics. So who here's got the Rotten Tomatoes score? Because I didn't, because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Lucky for you, I do, because Mark reminded us. Okay. So uh, <laughs> 89% with the critics, 62% with the audience. But there's less than 50 audience ratings, and there's only like four actual written reviews. Uh, so it's a pretty small sample size. I, I think that the critics rating, that sounds what you'd expect. That sounds like par for the course. I think the audience rating, though, though yes, there's not that many. I would say that most folks, you know, when there's just a limited pool like that, they get out there early to get the bad reviews out. The people who have like some shit to talk, you know, it's like okay. Yelp, you know, don't really judge a restaurant by its Yelp reviews because it's just going to be mostly people who have had bad experiences, uh, you know. So I think that given that bias, I think that that 62 percent is standing pretty tall. You know, I'd be proud of that. I All right. Phil Tippett. <laughs> for, for this kind of thing, yes. I would, I would, if it was me personally, I would love anything over a 40%. Just because it is so wild. It's so bizarre. I mean, this is not going to be for everyone. And you're going to attract the animation nerds out the gate. That's going to happen. Yes. But you're also going to get, it's on Shutter, so you're going to get some horror people also. But I feel like it's a very broad spectrum. You know, like a, it's a lot of people, you know, with different like tastes in these things. And so I would expect that score to be lower. So if he's kicking it around a 60 percent or so, that's not bad for an audience score, in my opinion. I believe it's certified fresh. Oh, so. what makes it fresh? Over 50? Uh, I think it's over 60. Oh, okay. Uh, or, you know, it could be over whatever we want it to be because I don't know. We own Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, I just I think as much as the Internet people love to just rush out and label something pretentious bullshit and go, look, I caught him. He's being pretentious. This is crap. Don't watch it. You know, they, and then there's such a good opportunity to do that with this film. So 62% is an A plus in my book. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. Um, but this was directed and written by Phil Tippett. Uh, there's a lot of different people who helped uh, as animators and, you know, people like that. Uh, the actors in this film, there are very few, very yep. few live actors. And when they are on screen, some of them are in puppet suits uh, to make it look even more un unworldly or otherworldly. And uh, but we've got Alex Cox as the last man. We've got Nikita Roman as the nurse slash witch Satish Ratakonda. I apologize if I'm saying that wrong as the surgeon and Harper Taylor. John, would you say this one's a little bit long? No, no, this was cool. It was all right. Uh, mostly because it's just fun to look at, you know, so I didn't I wasn't like, oh, hurry up and be over. It's like, oh. We're done now. All right. <laughs> yeah, it had a good pace to it for sure. It did pace yeah. well. I thought they did a really good job of like every time something started getting a little bit just too like indulgent, they would cut to something else. There was only one scene in this movie that I can basically remember going like, you could have cut away at any point and I would have been happy yes, here. Yes, I know the scene, I think. Oh, yeah? Well, let's just, let's just spoil it. What are you talking about? I think it was that surgery scene, that the dissecting of the uh, what, the assassin or the soldier or whatever. I think that yes. just The part just where he's looking at the clock and the, the, the seconds have like oh, multiple yeah. seconds between. I was like, yeah, yeah. you've made your point. Okay. <laughs> You made your point. We're now at the 45 seconds. Let's go. Nope. We've got more of this guy's guts to pull out. And we're <laughs> going to keep doing it. Do you like treasures and trinkets? We got plenty of those. <laughs> yeah. Plot wise. You know what? Let's give it a shot. Let's, right. let's try to do it the Grave Talk podcast way. And at any point it just becomes unmanageable. Then we will just get into it as fast as possible. 
The film opens with uh, no credits or splash scene or anything like a splash page or what am I? You know what I'm talking about? Title the screen. Title screen. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's splash page. Splash page. Yeah. That's. I think that's from video games. Uh, you've got a spiral temple, sort of like a ziggurat, maybe like a Tower of Babel kind of thing. I was thinking Tower of Babel yes. as well. Yeah, me too. And it seems there's there's a uh, swirling black clouds above it, uh, and then which is a really cool effect because it's oil. It's oil that's like basically being poured on a flat surface, so it looks like clouds are like oiling down on top of this tower. That's amazing. There was so many effects like that in the film that you knew it was like some secret technique that probably was invented in the 60s or 70s. We're, we're looking at this tower as uh, what looks like an army is at, the, as a, is at the foot of the tower and then spiraling up the tower on the outside are people having kind of like a tug of war over huge building block looking things. And at the very top of the tower is uh, a black, weird cloaked figure that kind of resembles this, what I called the plague witch from later in the film. And then all at once, that that figure is struck by lightning, and the black clouds encompass everything, and we get a wonderful threat from the Christian God on the screen. Uh, we get scripture, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> and um, well, we'll just read a little bit of it because yeah. it's it's and this some is good like this stuff, is your standard uh, text scroll up the screen on what looks to be like you know aged parchment, you know, yes. written in this like almost. I, I don't want to say, you know, biblical uh, writing style, but almost, um, let's say, like, demonic deity kind of style. It, it has some weight to it. It's like, yeah. like that old gothic font on your computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah scroll, scrolled onto some awful old paper and lost in some, you know, basement of the Vatican or something. And it's, Too bad I didn't use papyrus, the best font, to let people know. If you're going to put something on parchment, you know, Phil... It would have looked more authentic with yeah. papyrus. So yeah. like, if you want to fuck mean, with your subjects, use wing dings. Phil, get at me for any more font <laughs> advice. Yeah. Comic Sans, Papyrus, Helvetica. I know them all, so... <laughs> A real god would have used wingdings. Um, so basically, it's God saying, uh, this is how he's going to treat you if you worship an idol instead of him. Uh, I, for my part, will discipline you sevenfold for your sins. You shall eat the flesh of your sons and the flesh of your daughters. I'll destroy your cult places. I like this. And cut down your incense stands. Oh, man, my incense stand. Come on, Dude, man. My knock chompa, Not bro. cool, no. God. You're totally harshing the office mellow. Dude. <sighs> you know how hard uh, it is to get sandalwood in the apocalypse? It's possible. <laughs> it was organic sandalwood. <laughs> I'll spurn you. I'll lay your cities in ruin and make your sanctuaries desolate. I will not savor your pleasing odors again with the incense. He's yes. not having it. I wrote that one down. She was like, you're not going to savor my odors, dude? Damn. Uh, and then it just keeps going. I'll unsheath the sword against you. Your land shall become desolation. Your city's a ruin. I mean, it's just classic God being as loving as can be uh, and just letting everybody know that like you better not mess around because he's watching and will mess you up. One could argue it's the deity version of fuck around and find out. Yeah. <laughs> so, you yeah. Know. The biblical origins. Yeah, you know. <laughs> that's, that's a good way of looking at it. This really, I felt, was a great setup to this film because with that in mind, a lot of these scenes I could kind of like like use that as a, a jump off point of like, okay, you know, we've got something here that happened from like, you know, a, a deity level. But man, I, I'm interested to find out if you guys felt that carried out all the way through. There were certain parts that I think did, but I think they lost the thread about the... Um, the second descent part, but yeah, I felt like it then became more about like war or something and like more of an anti-war type situation. And then it looped back around though, into like a weird, 
like the Ghostbuster dog showed up and just some oh, those weird, giant bulls. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. <laughs> like, well, happening? I saw an old uh, interview with Tippett in Vice uh, Magazine, Vice Video, whatever, uh, where he was talking about how this was kind of like a reflection of his own uh, misanthropic tendencies. Like he wanted to kind of comment on the um, privilege of being an American and, and what we do to the world. And so there is a bit of a like, the I think the war stuff specifically mm. is a bit of like, a, you know, screw you, America, behave better, you know. But uh, I, I think that it in trying that, I think it definitely got away from him. And I uh, what I see is something way more autobiographical, but uh, I'll get to that later. That's that's interesting, because now knowing that, the, the scene where the second descent, where he kind of goes to that, like, you know, military war zone area, um, does have that feel of, like, war is a function and damn the consequences and, you know, the, the byproduct of. So that makes sense. For that section. But then you try to combine that with the other things that happen in the other like four to five sections. You're like, I'm not seeing the connection there, bro. Like, again, I feel like this is like, you know, I, I don't know if you guys said vignettes earlier. I think when yeah. you did, um, I feel like this is, you know, like, yo, I got all these tank things. You want to make it like a cool tank scene? That sounds rad. Okay, let's figure out how we can put that in here. Like, as an artist, there's been times it's like, I can make that. I can shoehorn that in. <laughs> I can make that work. I wonder how many of those scenes were like that just because of how the project proceeded over 30 years. Because I know there's um, some of the information says that the scene where they, the piles of dead bodies in that war scene is melted green army men on oh, nice. wire. And it took six people almost three years just to complete those. <laughs> wow. And so like, you think about that. And of course, you know, it's not like constantly working. It's probably like a weekend or a Saturday here and there. But like, you know, like you think about that and you're like, yeah, I could see changing my mind on stuff or getting lost of like, you know, wait, what are we doing on this one? <laughs> like, but I don't know. It's it's just so engaging though that like I kind of I get to these points where I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not sure. And then like I realize I don't care. I just enjoyed what I watched. Yeah. Imagine being two and a half years into melting army men and then feels like, you know what, actually, never mind. <laughs> How pissed would you be? <laughs> yeah, you've got enough army man piles. We're gonna put it on the cutting room floor. Yeah. <laughs> That's another thing about these kind of movies, I feel like very little ever gets put on the cutting room floor. Just because of the the effort and the it, the the work it takes to do any scene in stop motion. Yeah. I feel like it's very well planned out of like this is what we're doing and this is going to make it in. I wonder about that. That's a good point. Like it yeah. would be really hard, I think, to throw any of that away. But then I also think of the way you might, and I've felt about art that I've made, you know, a decade ago, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's not anywhere near as important as it felt to me at the time. So, you know, yeah, you can have it for a Christmas present or whatever. Yeah. You know, just, <laughs> it's like, I don't care. But uh, I think it's different. Maybe, I don't know, I'm not an artist, so y'all could tell me. But it's like, it's your own work versus like someone else did all this work, and then you're like, you know what, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to cut that shit out of my movie. My bad, y'all. I think uh, it depends on the type of project. Because yeah. if, you, if you're making a movie, if, if Phil Tippett's making Mad God and so one basically spent like half a year doing like look i made these little foam like you know dolphins and you're like cool we've gone this direction and we're not putting those in my movie anymore like <laughs> yeah. i feel like when you have someone at the helm you run that risk of your work being like kind of snipped away based off how they're feeling you know oh yeah i hope ar the artists you work with you know tend to recognize the effort and stuff you work with and would stop you and be like hey Tom, chill with the dolphins, man. We're not using those anymore. It's like, oh my God, thank goodness. You know, one thing I have listed here is one of my notes is Shutter really needs special features. Yeah. Like, like DVDs, like with, with iTunes, when you buy a movie, you can get some special features on those, like, you know, interviews, behind the scenes, commentary. I would fucking give a finger 
to have a commentary from like four different people on this movie. Phil Tippett, a few of the animators, uh, maybe the actors who did some of the scenes, like the, the go motion stuff that they were doing. Like, I would love to hear from all these people. And it, I think it is going to get a release at some point. So here's fingers crossed, hoping we get that. Yeah. And one of my notes was, I bet the making of this movie would make a better movie than the movie I'm watching. So I was like, I want to see the making of documentary. I'll probably be more interested in that. I'd be, yeah, I'd be interested. I thought Shutter used to have like sh- their own interview shows, uh, things like that. And I, I don't know if they've lost some of the budget recently, but it seems like they don't really have a lot of original content like that anymore. But if, uh, if it comes yeah. back, that would be a good place to start. Absolutely. All right. Let's jump back in this plot real quick because I think we totally got sidetracked yes. after, after threats from God, it's hard to keep on track, you know? What are you doing now? I'm averting my eyes, oh Lord. Well, don't. It's like those miserable Psalms. They're so depressing. Now knock it off. Yes, Lord. Right. So now... With the whole audience uh, thoroughly threatened with a threat that only a creator could give, we cut to a uh, a dark sky where a a pod is being lowered from the clouds on this thin line. You see kind of like a war zone where uh, turrets begin to aim at it and you're thinking, okay, so that's... Like That's the giant, world we're like going into. Impending like prison, it looks like. With yes. these like, you know, turret guns on top of it. But all that is, is uh, the, the, the top layer of the cake of the parfait of crazy mad god world. It's not even the icing. It's like the it's, little like sprinkles. Yeah. It's just yeah, something, I, I guess, uh, I guess they've built up their uh, their awful civilization way up into the sky because as, as it descends past all the turrets and the guns raining flak, as Iron Maiden would put it, we get to um, this like kind of peaceful area where it's just pipes draining out all the waste from this war sky city and uh like humanity's waste yes and then but then after that we get to the uh the third layer down which is this strange kind of like spiral fossil it's just but it's huge i i'm thinking yeah, maybe what are, that the, what are those called the the big uh, sp- nautilus nautilus shell yeah, yeah it's like a, but it's like massive it's got these yeah. weird little glowy effects on it and so i'm thinking that might represent the uh like the building block that this um you know this top civilization is built on uh, because below that, we get to so, uh, sort of more like a natural earth ground. It's a swamp. There's some trees and bugs and crickets and whatnot. Uh, and then we descend past that to this underground thing of all these layers of dinosaur fossils. And these are massive. These are, um, like, think like huge dragons, not just dinosaur size. Some of these are like behemoth creature fossils. I may have paused it multiple times. I'm like, ooh, oh, yeah. someone made, you know, model dinosaur bones. I'm in. Um, yeah, this was really cool because I was like, oh, OK, we're getting further and further down into like the history of the planet. But then it throws me for a loop. Yes, because the next layer underneath the dinosaurs is when I had my first pause the screen moment because we have a layer of it's kind of like an empty cavern with some gems and just a ton of statues. It was when I noticed that one of these statues was Ray Harryhausen's Cyclops that I yep. paused the screen and I went, wait a minute. And I kind of started looking around and, and, and I didn't notice anything else that I recognized from other films. Uh, what about you guys? Did you? There's an Ed 209 in there. No, wait, is that later? There's an Ed 209 somewhere in the movie. They, they look like um, terracotta warriors. Yeah. They're that, they're that simplistic yeah. and they're all kind of white and dusty looking, but it's just this massive room of just, you know, I'm like a sarcophagus almost of it. So that to me was my first clue that maybe Phil Tippett himself is the mad God. Because when I think about the layer of dinosaurs, Jurassic Park, one of his most important Mm. films he's ever worked on, then he gets this next layer and it's like Ray Harryhausen, a huge inspiration of his. 
you know, and all the all the statuary, all that could be could have been used for stop motion, you know, that kind of physical or practical effects stuff, all that stuff. It's like there's in these layers, it's all represented there. You know, I think one of the things about this film is there's a lot of stop motion. I think when a lot of people think of stop motion, they think of what I call like soft clay stop motion, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. frog and toad, uh, the adventures of Mark Twain, you know, stuff where Gumby, Gumby, like that, yes, yeah. where their, their mouths are uh, animated <laughs> by claymation, you know, claymation, you know, and it's, whereas Phil Tippett's never making stop motion films to look like a stylized clay cartoon or anything there. And his career has always been stop motion stuff put into films with real actors, trying to trick the audience into thinking it's actually there. Yeah. And this film is the same practical tricks to, you know, to get the eye to think like, Hey, it's just part of it. So this film is the same way. And you, you brought up earlier about, um, when Jurassic park came out and he saw what's, you know, and, and stop motion had a lot to do with Jurassic park. But it was they used the stop motion dinosaurs that the uh, the the traditional stop motion animators uh, because they had so much film experience that they were required to animate these dinosaurs because these computer guys they they could make realistic looking dinosaurs but they couldn't make films they, they didn't did, understand they know it. how the animation worked right I mean, you know, like they you had could, no experience of you could make something look good they didn't know how to make it move the right way and stuff. how to make it yeah. move the right way how to make it lit for a scene how to understand mm-hmm. all that stuff that these guys could do. And that's what Winston, when he did the like the, the giant dinosaur, the T Rex head and stuff, you know, he understood that stuff. Yeah. But you know, you're using, you know animatronics. Yes, animatronics yeah. and things like that. So no, I also very much got the same. This opening scene was Phil Tippett working through the fact that film has changed. Like yeah. his what he his his dedication, his life's purpose had changed because when he got to the what I'll call the Harry Housing Cavern, yeah, you know, that is that is it. That's a wonder to him. That is a, a changing moment. And now it's a tomb. And you go one level up, you know, you basically start, you know, you get to the dinosaurs. And it's like, that's, that's his moment where he was like, things are never going to be the same. Yeah. This is, this is a, a clear delineation in of how like life goes in a different way. And then you've got, you know, like the sludge. And then above that, you've got, you've got explosions and, you know, like all this just like, it's just like. The, the, the turrets are shooting and exploding. It's like, bam, bam, bam. It's like, which, you know, you think a lot of modern CGI explosions, action films, just a lot of like fill the screen with pizzazz. Yeah. Very little like, you know, art to it. It's just a lot of like bang, bang, bang. And I thought, you know, this was a great moment of like, because right below that is the sludge. So yeah. I, I, I saw him viewing modern film effects as just being kind of garbage that wastes and just kind of like shits on everything that came before it. And not maybe not so intense terms, but that's the kind of the way I also saw that. So I'm glad you kind of picked up on that too. No, I think that's totally fair. I mean, and you've got to think of too the the time that he was making this uh, when he made Jurassic Park, as he realized what CGI was going to do. You know, there were a lot of films using CGI at the time that were just terrible. Uh, one of the most egregious offenders to me was a film called uh, Species with mm-hmm. uh, Natasha oh, Henstrich, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. The, and I remember everyone remembers that movie just because she's like half naked. She's naked a lot. And that's great. But she also has this (laughs) other form where she turns into an alien monster and it looks awful. It was so bad. It was like, don't do What are you doing? And there were so many uh, filmmakers at the time, so many studios just wanting to use the new tech and the new, you know, expensive stuff and just rushing out to make these CGI monsters and fill the screens with them. And audiences are just going, that looks like shit. What are they doing? Yeah. And so imagine being someone like Phil Tippett, watching your career get replaced by this crap. Or just even you know, like, I could have made that look better. Absolutely. You know, like, like if yeah. you would just, you know, call me, 
They did make like 17 more species movies, though, so I guess <laughs> the did. audience didn't mind that much. Well, they're, they've also made like 10 Saw movies, so, you know, yeah. hey. Maybe once you make the 3D model, it's just cheap after that. <laughs> John, we're up to like 30-something Amityville movies at this point. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? At least those are no, all I different know, studios. I know, that's different. But, uh, but I mean, no, I get what y'all are saying. I, Though, I, I, I will I, say, I, and I've, I've expressed this before, I'm not as anti-CG as CGI as a lot of people are, and like, especially in the horror community where like practical effects are better than everything, and it's like... See, I don't agree with that. If you knew how much, have a home. yeah. If people knew how much CGI was really in modern films, it would, they just mean I don't like bad CGI. But yeah, who does? Of course, everyone hates bad CGI. But like, yeah. uh, well, I feel like if uh, today's 2022 CGI was what was replacing his career in those days, he'd probably say, "Yeah, it makes sense." Sure. Yeah, that, of course. That, that's bound to happen. Sure, that's awesome. Look at that; it's beautiful. But like in those days, watching that crap yeah. replace you. Well, not and not we have that, like, a spurned creator. That's fair. That, we have a shitty. mad god. So I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if, uh, if if you know, being the elder spokesman of the Grave Talk podcast, y'all remember when T two and Abyss and all those were coming out, and like you had the they would interrupt like primetime TV and be like, tonight we've got a thirty minute expose on how we're using CGI to make the Terminator. Walk through bars. That yeah. was a badass effect, they though. Did, yeah, so. no, it, it, it was. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. like, literally, they would stop primetime TV and be like, "Tonight, we're going to talk about CGI." Like, as if it was. And yeah, it did change things. But like, it was almost like they were bludgeoning everyone who came before us. Like, shut up and take your place. Yeah. We're here now. And it's like, <laughs> so yeah, right. to the Mad God aspect. I mean, that's what's kind of cool about this movie is like you can see it on different levels if you think about it. And I do appreciate that aspect of it. It's just. Again, I wish some of these maybe um, autobiographical or even like, you know, message type sections had a little bit more cohesion between them. Well, I think if they did, then whatever messages other viewers are getting and uh, people, they want you to, I think he wants you to get your own kind of ideas out of, you know, out of, it's a, it's a sandbox for your imagination to just kind of watch and go, maybe it's that. I don't know. I don't think there's a right answer. Yeah, okay. But of course there is the grave talk answer is the, you're hearing it right now. <laughs> yeah. Sean, what's your head cannon on I this apologize. one? <laughs> oh, I have no head cannon on this. You know what? Uh, one thing that was, uh, I had a very hard time telling the sense of scale. So sometimes I think, are these supposed to be like regular sized people or are they all tiny or are other things huge? I, it was very disorienting oh, to yeah. know because every time I think something was regular sized, it would get stepped on by something else. And I was like, all right, I don't know what's going on so here. That was one thing I appreciated because like when you see the, you know, the soldier that we see at the beginning is our first basis of, you know, size. And you're like, OK, cool. That's a man sized thing. And then later on in the film, when we meet the last man, um, these things are big. They're like, they've got to be like 10 foot tall. Yeah. You know, yeah. These soldiers that have been created. And um, I, I appreciated that. It always kept me on my toes. Yeah. He steps on all those little gnomes. I felt so bad for them. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's no, but there is no, David, no. set scale. It's, yeah. Yeah. The gnomes, uh, I don't know. I kind of felt like they deserved it. Uh, They're just doing their own weird gnome shit. So getting, there's a lot of like the, just this is the way nature is type thing. You know, yeah. like a lot of, um, he yes. uses a lot of uh, chimpanzee noises just really kind of indicate animalistic behavior. You know, this is just the circle of life in a yep. lot of places. And I think that works out well. I, I wonder what this movie would have been with dialogue. Oh, 
worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how that would have worked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I heard a couple of English words. There's a few come over a radio at one point or something. Yeah. There yeah. have to be a lot of voiceover, which never goes well. So and yeah. lo, Ziggurat begat so and so, and then he begat so and so, and he begat so and so. As like the soldier guy enters his little diving bell, he's like, "You're probably wondering how I got into this situation." <laughs> Saigon, I'm still in Saigon. <laughs> I forgot to mention that there's a soldier in the pod. By the way, that's I'm just saying. There's a pod yes. going down. <laughs> Line. Yeah. So at this point, the uh, the line that the soldier is suspended by must be like miles long because he is just about to reach his destination. And it's this uh, some kind of old city now. Like we see actual streets like with um, lanes painted on them. So we're yeah. we're in some kind of humanistic place. And this is below the the dinosaurs. This is below the um, the, the the tomb of, you know, figures. And yes, very much a Phil Tippett moment. But like, yeah, we're in this like destroyed civilization and he pulls out a map and the map's kind of deteriorating as he's looking at it. Yes, it, it, it's falling apart every time he checks it. In fact, he loses a little bit more of the map, but he's got just enough to get him to where he's going. That'd so, be an interesting video game mechanic. Every time you check your map in a game, oh, it becomes shittier. Fuck, that's yeah, some for the Elden Ring DLC because yeah. <laughs> that map did make the game a little, little, I'm a Souls veteran and I was like, that's a little too easy to give me a map so I know where to go. Come on. <laughs> uh, so, uh, on the street, we find our first weird kind of interaction, which is, oh, actually, we've already talked about the first, first one, which is just a group of garden gnomes come to life or fighting over something. Scraps. And yeah. uh, he just squishes them. He just steps right on them. They're, they're bugs they're, to him. Yeah, they're only about eight inches tall. And they're tall humanoid. And they're, like, they're like humanoid people, like, yeah. you know, walking they're, well, they're, they're played by actors. Yeah. I mean, it's an actual thing. <laughs> One of the few times you see live people. In yeah. This. And so that happens. Uh, and then he, he, comes, he goes walking a little bit and he finds what looks like some kind of like an animal test lab containing a, a monkey tied to a table who's not in a good way. Uh, some weird chicken dog monster things in cages that are just jumping and acting up. And then the, the saddest, filthy little tool music video sex doll thing that's just like <laughs> trying to entice him. And so he just shuts the door and walks away on yeah, that Yeah, it's one. like He's, a marionette doll that's basically just masturbating in the corner. Yeah. It's like, just trying get to, it, girl, I guess. Yeah, I mean, look, at, your, look at me. Come over here and let me out of this cage. I can close the door. Yeah, he's not interested. He was like, this is weird even for me. It's super <laughs> weird. And then as he's closing the door, the monkey's tied to the table is just going like, please take me with you yeah. in, in monkey language. So passing, uh, uh, walking on from that, he comes up to this strange uh, diorama of five giant men tied to an electric chair, tied to electric chairs. Each one has their own electric chair. And they're getting the piss shocked out of them. No, I'm sorry. They're getting the diarrhea shocked out of them. Diarrhea, cha-cha-cha. Diarrhea, cha-cha-cha. Diarrhea, cha-cha-cha. <laughs> Which is just draining down into this uh, funnel. When he walks past them, these guys are huge. Like yeah. he is like mm -hmm. um, like the size of a house cat compared to these people in these chairs. And it's like, wow. Like the because again, when he first looks at them, you think normal sized people. Then he walks past them and you're like, these are monolith of people. You know, these yeah, are he's massive. up to their ankles, maybe, yeah. if that toes. Yeah, he's 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 tiny compared to these things. And but uh, to to remind us all that it's okay and just uh, you know totally routine. There's a service elevator uh, near them, which he gets on and then uh, just takes that down further into the plant. So 
as he's going down, we can see that the, the waste is getting funneled into this uh, tube where it goes down into the mouth of a um, dissected, vivisected sort of giant man who's uh, processing all of this stuff. It's kind of eating it and it's going into like these weird like open loose organs that exist like just hanging. Yes. Like chandeliers and stuff and they're like processing and pumping and as they expand like there's eyes on the side of them that are looking around and you're like I mean again this is pure horror animated indulgence like so much of this at this point is like check out what we did and it's like I'm here for it (laughs) like it's so grody but there's always this weird thread kind of tying it all together because as he takes the service elevator down you see that at the bottom level of the processing plant are these molds and the stuff is getting injected into these molds and the workers that run the factory at the foot of this whole weird plant uh, come out of these molds. So like electric chair man shit turns into eventually workers who can yep. and seem to do a pretty good job. There's a lot of workplace accidents. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no yeah. OSHA. Yeah. There no. Is, there's, I wouldn't say there's maybe about like seven to 10 minutes where we just basically see these workers, um, you know, like sacrificing themselves into the furnace to keep the furnace going, setting up these like large monolith type things yes. um, that are getting picked up and taken away or they're getting tipped over and smashing the workers. They're getting run over by steamrollers. I mean, this is just an excuse for the animators to be like, check it out. We're going to just smash and <laughs> like, oh, explode yeah. some shit. No, they're having a great time just killing these weird little workers. And uh, they look like yarn tool yeah. Like yeah. extras. And they... Yeah, they squish so satisfying. Too. <laughs> I, it's it's kind of once you get used to it, you're like, oh, like there's a part right at, toward the end where it's just like the because the giant monoliths kind of take flight and go flying off to where they're supposed to go, and then it just shows this like uh, thirty seconds of just monoliths smashing through the people. Yeah, and just like random, it something's in its way, it's gonna explode yeah. right through it, and it's like it was a very Mister Bill. Yeah, it's like oh no, <laughs> it was just like okay, like at some point you're right, you be kind of immediately become desensitized to it, and you're like oh this is gonna happen, yeah, and you're having fun with this it. This is great. Look at that one, <laughs> splatter. But they all stop working when the uh, weird, gross baby thing starts talking over a big t- TV. It's like this. It's a it's a ma- it's a it's a mature mouth, but the words coming out of it sound like the goo goo gagas of a of a newborn kid. <laughs> It's like a giant, it's like this giant um, ball of TVs and yes. there's like baby eyes on one, a couple screens and there's like a giant diseased human mouth on one of them. And it's like, yeah, it's just making baby gibberish. And that's one, that's my one complaint. Okay. One of my other complaints about this movie is there's way too much baby noise. <laughs> Babies crying is one of my like trigger sounds. Where I'm just like, I don't need this in my life. Yeah. At the yes. end there, like 10 minutes of baby crying. It's yeah, like, and oh. it was like, that's the reason I haven't played death stranding yet is because your controller cries like a baby when it gets upset. And I'm like, I don't need that in my life. <laughs> oh my like, God. I did not know on the PlayStation version. The, they yeah, have the, the sound. Co- oh no. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. So when you're, when your little baby like <laughs> pack gets upset, you have to rock it and stuff like that. It'll start crying, but it cries. You have to rock the controller? Yeah. You have oh to rock God. the controller to kind of like rock your baby and get it to calm down, your ghost baby or whatever it is. Oh, the things but it I, cries I miss out on, on And PC. I'm just like, no, thank you. 
<laughs> wow. I, I did not know that. That is, yeah, I, I miss out on a lot of that stuff because I play on PC, but uh, but my frame rate is awesome. Uh, PS5 Master Rate. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> so uh, even the soldier, uh, the assassin, as he's called on the um, by the uh, description on the website, he he stops to listen to the baby boss or whatever it is. He's intrigued um, by it. Yeah. I couldn't tell if he could understand what it was saying or if he was just like really, because all the workers also stop and like are mesmerized by this thing. Yeah, it's it's saying it's the CEO or something of um, shit, shit people. Yeah, it's not a movie. Factory. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a the movie boss with Alec, Alec Baldwin. Yeah. What I did like though is the mouth uh, does a pretty good job lip syncing the baby noises. Like it's convincing enough where you're like, oh, I didn't notice that. Actually, That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, our, our, our soldier seems to have reached his destination. He opens up a hatch and as he's about to uh, go inside, a, um, one of the weird workers uh, stops and they lock eyes together in this moment of understanding. Like they're kind of staring at each other. Do you think that worker knew that he was there to destroy everything? Uh, do you think that worker with that little, he, little worker was kind of like, okay, I get what you're doing. Or do you think it was more just kind of like we see each other? I know. I don't think he knew. I think it was a moment to show that these guys that we've been enjoying watching get crushed and squished and burned and all this stuff have sentience yep. that like it's curious and it wants to know what's going on. And it even kind of points at him when one of those, cause I forgot to mention there's these big gross, uh, foremen who, um, they're like, uh, uh, I, I called like, them wart balls with eyes testicles. Yeah, uh, I, I like warthogs, like weird, like warthog monsters. Yeah, they're, they're they look weird. like they're mostly made out of testicles, but the testicles have eyes on them. But they do spray uh, pretty um, high high velocity shit projectiles at the workers that knock them on their ass a lot. <laughs> they but, got whips and stuff too, yeah, and they so. whip them. Yeah, and, but when he notices that one of the uh, worker guys isn't working, it just goes over and starts stomping the shit out of them. Mm -hmm. And the last thing we see before the soldier goes into the hatch is that this this little thing is suffering a lot. Mm -hmm. So, you know, shame on us. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think that one guy was looking at the assassin. It was just like Mondays, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> that scene is really important to me because it really does show that like whatever this, this mission, this dude is on, he now has, um, more than just like, I got to get to point A, point B, execute this. Like he now is like, okay, there is suffering there's meaning behind this and i really was glad we got that moment because it was like at that point i was rooting for the soldier at that point to get to where he was supposed to go i didn't know what he was supposed to do yet but like at that point i was like okay he's got to he has to do this now yeah i didn't really know that he was on a mission either i just i was like oh is he like sightseeing i mean he was carrying a briefcase well because he kept on so, that map he kept looking at the map yeah and then that's checking fair. his surroundings so i was like i was like he's trying to find something and again he keeps checking the map as he's going and it keeps yeah. deteriorating on him and it's a really specific map i mean at one point he just kind of steps in the right place on the street and it crumbles beneath him and he's able to ride kind of like a little wire down like mm -hmm. he's like a it's sitting on a rope you know that just happened to be there it's real it's like a zip cord type thing yeah it's it's not the kind of map that's designed based on actual logistics it's more of like a magic map. i got I, it I as like <laughs> i wouldn't say it was like a word of mouth map like yeah. you know like like hey you know like tommy tommy said there's a drop off here that you can take a, a wire down cool add it to the, the and it was like but um, it only would work once i know the whole well, that's, yeah. that's my problem exactly. is like these people aren't surviving these missions i'm like how are they getting this data back but they were also doing the morse code but he wasn't doing morse code during this time we find that out later too yeah. we find out that strange magic witches make the maps sometimes out of what looks like human skin uh so Ascending or descending through the hatch, uh, we look like we're going downstairs and maybe like a basement of the plant or something, but then it opens up into this really cavernous open thing. But we see that by stepping on a worm, 
and the uh, squeal that it makes, we've alerted some kind of monster in the shadows that uh, were there. Almost like the Foreman monsters from above, but even like more grotesque and like yes. scary looking. And it has like this weird, think the, the mouth from the, the, the monster in Howard the Duck, but with like a, a skull face on it that's like screaming. It was pretty intense. I yeah. mean, there's a yeah. reason this belongs in the horror genre. Even more testicle Yes. <laughs> did you notice a lot of testicles had nipples on the bottom of them too, like udders? Yeah. I was like, I okay, did. interesting. Yeah, it left those kind of things out of my notes. I was yeah. just like, I don't want to talk about nipple testicles. No, that's the kind of stuff we're here to let the people want to know. <laughs> so he uh, he finds a pile of suitcases, much like the one he's been carrying this whole time. And when we say pile, we're talking like piled above him. We're talking... Yes. Um, I think there know, are multiple 50, pot, like yeah. mountains. There's oh, yeah. Like, it, yeah. It, it almost looks like, you know, like... Ellis Island when they used to just chunk all the luggage in one in like in just piles and stuff. I don't yeah. know. That's a too old of a reference for everyone to understand. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, even yeah. for you, what do you know about Ellis it's Island? Ellis Island. Yeah, it was nineteen twenty six. Garrett was a young man. Uh, um, no. I my note. I said, oh, so this is where all the world's briefcases went. Because if you notice, you don't see briefcases anymore. We've all got out phones, there. man. Yeah. Well, I, well, I don't think the phone replaced the briefcase. All of our documents are on our phone. I think now. the satchel did in the backpack. Okay, you think the messenger bag? Yeah. Okay. So I saw them as. Uh, short trip suitcases. That's what I thought they uh, were. Like small, just small suitcases for a little over, overnight bags, if you will. Yeah. Okay, okay. That's what I thought they were. But he opens one, he opens the one he's been carrying and we find out what they actually are is bombs. Dun, yeah. dun, dun. Big, big Dynamite freaky time bombs. Yeah. Yes, the old, old cartoony looking bombs. When you, and, and that immediately clues you in. Like all these suitcases are those. So these are all the attempts. Yes. To blow this place up. And you're like, and when you see the, the amount of suitcases around and when you see what's inside of it, it, it becomes very clear of like, this has been going on for a long fucking time. And we have unsuccessfully, obviously. That's yeah, right. And I'm we dispiriting ha- for that guy. And we have another failure because. As he plants his bomb, the weird monster that's been stalking him uh, kidnaps him, t- carries him away, and then we see the clock uh, just kind of get stuck. Yeah, it's like ticking down to, you know, midnight, you know, um, and it's like tick, 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 tick. And when it comes to the last second, you think it's about to tick and explode, but it goes backwards and then it goes forwards and it goes backwards and it'll never hit that last second. So that I don't know if the bomb was flawed. I don't know if it was meant to be flawed. I don't know if there was some supernatural power stopping it from doing what it had to do. I took it as the bomb just didn't work properly. I took it as some sort of magical power. Because you got to imagine all... I think that same thing happened to every bomb in that brief... Like every single person. You think every single one of them stopped at the one second and couldn't yes. get past it? Okay, interesting. I think they all made it there, and this exact sequence just sort of played over and over. Hmm. I think so, there's people getting killed before they had a chance, but this guy actually made it to this point, but then it didn't go through. Well, the, the monster kidnapping him is irrelevant to the bomb not working. So what yeah. I'm thinking is the bomb was never intended to work. Oh. See, I thought that too, but then, oh God, but then we cut to the last man later on who's sending these soldiers down. He's He wants this to happen. He's like checking. He's like, is it done yet? You know, like looking down the hole, like he's... I, I took that, I took away as like, you know, he wanted this to happen. I was like, why isn't this going through? Maybe yeah. this is a metaphorical situation where these bombs are uh, Phil's attempt to stop the transition of CGI and you can't <laughs> stop time from going forward. So he just, okay. he's tried all of these events and they, they don't work. He's stuck in that last moment of yeah. like, okay, all right. Uh, okay, maybe so because what we find out is that the soldier himself is carrying something way more significant than the bomb. There's something special inside the soldier because we're then greeted with... A lot of junk with, inside of him. <laughs> well, we're then greeted with the surgery scene that 
Garrett enjoyed so much. And I, I love this scene, but God damn if it didn't need to be three minutes shorter. If you like a lot of movies with uh, jelly consi- consistency, blood, um, squishy sounds, uh, the, a repeating uh, TikTok of a clock with no music soundtrack. For all the kids out there that love the TikTok, got to sing <laughs> you. you. Go. That's right. Also, that I, should be our first Grave Talk. I TikTok. heard, yeah, Grave <laughs> Talk is coming. That's I'm excited about that. Yeah. Do you what? do you guys know what you're gonna do on TikTok yet? No, I just claimed the name because I was like Grave Talk with a T. Okay, that's clever. I'll grab that. Yeah. Yeah, so, dances. Like, I mean, obviously, we're all we're all known for our dances, well, uh, big dancers. I've been I've been a firm advocate, but we need to have all of our guests basically dance to the Monster Mash, and we put that shit on TikTok. But I don't know how we're going to do that just yet. Yeah, we'd have to do it first. We can't ask our guests to do something. Yeah, that we, we can. Don't we can do, do anything we want. We're the Mad God. <laughs> That's right. Right. This is our podcast, baby. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah can, maybe uh, Mark is dead. All hail the new kings. Oh. You can spurn your guests. You can watch them eat the flesh of their sons and the flesh of their daughters. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. your not you appreciate know, their odors if I mean, they disobey obey you and remain hostile to you, you act against them in wrathful hostility. Give me your goddamn incense. Yeah. You know what? I'll tell you. The- throw incense at them. <laughs> <laughs> Things have changed since Mad God. Welcome to the grave talk. <laughs> well, the Old Testament God didn't fuck around. I can respect that. You know, he, he was, you knew what you're going to get. Yeah. He was know. not here for a good time or a long time. He was here to make you suffer and, and listen to your praise. Anything other than that? Fuck you. Fuck you! All right, so I'm going to try to speed up some of this breakdown because it is a lot. It's it's just, it's yeah. a weird, like you were saying earlier, it's a weird kind of narrative. We can't really say like, oh, and then the, they go for a drive out to the, the country house where, uh, you know, the killer follows them. You know, it's just like, yeah. this is just describing what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With no they idea do go why. for a drive, though. You it's know what? Very, it's, There's it's, a nice again, drive scene. It's a visual movie, which is hard to do via yes. audio narrative. But like, you know, yes, uh, let's get into this scene because I really enjoyed this scene quite a bit are you wait didn't you just say yeah wait, they hated where, this scene. No, I mean, are, you, like, are we changing the visuals of it okay like the, the surgery <laughs> stuff i hated the clock part oh, i see like when the clock was ticking and then it was like one second and then they'd wait five seconds between the next tick yes and then one second and then 10 seconds between the next click like that really bothered me i was like okay we've done this we're done and then also when they kept pulling the stuff out of the inside yeah, so yeah. i was like okay like i did it like almost 20 times yes yeah, so and i kept i kept looking because every time they drop whatever was inside because it was like you know, we'll, we'll let you get back into it in a second. But like, as he's pulling out the guts and the goo, there's coins, there's bracelets, like there's thimbles, just all kinds of random there's shit. Books, books, yes, yeah. There's books and pages, soggy books. And as I was watching this, because they did it almost like fifteen to twenty times, every time I was like, okay, I, I would, I would look, I would even pause and be like, okay, what am I supposed to be seeing here? What is the secret? You know, like, and they did it so often, and there wasn't really much that I was getting out of it, and I was like. Oh, you kind of wasted my time. Like, that's my problem with that. Like, I didn't hate the scene. It just, I was, I was like, every but, time they drop something, I'd be like, that means something. What does that mean? Yeah. And then I was like, they drop something. What does that mean? And I was like, okay, we've dropped coins like nine times. But yeah, I'll like, tell you what, I'm after like, like the fifth time, wouldn't you be like, you know, fool you once, shame on no, them. No, 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 Fool you I 20 was, times. I was full, <laughs> they, could, they could have had me doing this for like an hour and a half. And I still would have been <sighs> there being like, at some point it's got, look, I've watched Fateful Findings by Neil Breen and I am convinced oh, wow. that there is a meaning behind that movie. All right. If I'm willing to do that. <laughs> I'm willing to sit through an hour of Mad God basically dropping coins and mush and me going like, this means something. I'm the dude from Close <laughs> yeah. Encounters at this point. If you ever find meaning in Neil Breen, please let us all know. Yeah, I will start my own podcast about <laughs> it. We'll have to get you some help. Uh, now, isn't the fact that the clock is wonky here indicative that it's something about clocks why the bomb didn't work? 
because this clock is doing a very similar type it behavior. Is. It's I, also been splashed with guts, though. Yeah, that's that fair. That could be affecting its function. I took okay. this as the as the, classic the mechanical soldier <laughs> who's the soldier who's been stripped of his skin, stripped of his like flesh and stuff like that, and is wrapped in gauze. Has now been cut open and is basically flayed open. And a doctor and a nurse are pulling guts and goo and trinkets and books and paperwork and stuff out of this guy, and they're looking for something. They're frantically trying to find something. You know. Yes. Um, I took the clock slowing down as this uh, this soldier's mental state of like just what's happening. He's just kind of he's lost a sense of time. It's just now he lives in this like eternity existence of pain and suffering as they look for what they're looking for. Yeah, um, but they eventually do find what they're looking for. They do. Oh, and but just to get what I forgot to mention though is that this isn't the only surgery room. This isn't the only time this has happened. Just like we had the, all the suitcases or the uh, the night bags or the briefcases, whatever they are, um, we have multiple surgery rooms stacked on top of each other with in an like open a, wall. Like yes, you can open, see in the wall, like, like a Hollywood no, Squares yes. kind of dated reference. IKEA but, shelf, uh, yes. you know, like yeah, and. Um, and so I think that they're doing something very routine. These these soldiers come down to try to blow up the whole place. They get captured and then they put them on this, you know, and then they get to watch the show of them getting dissected. And yeah. uh, and I think that this time, however, they did find something and I call that the baby worm. Do you uh, not think the they find this baby worm every time? No, I don't. Okay. okay. I think this, I is, also, this is the special one. I didn't think they did either, but I figured they had to have found enough of them to have a procedure in place because the nurse later on when she takes it to the witch the witch doctor and I use witch in like very high like capital letters um, like they knew what to do yes so I, I I feel like they've done this before but yeah I felt like it was kind of more of like a you know is this the cool prize inside the cereal box yeah. maybe it's like it's something that has happened but it's exceptional when it does happen maybe yeah I don't know I, I think in the same way that the traveling through the city and all that and using the map that was falling apart the whole time kind of looked like it was the first time it was happening. But then we see all those different briefcases. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But they did seem really excited and really nervous when they found. Was they were finding the, dead ones? They were pointing out a few dead worm things out of uh, the body and they, they, they was dead and he was chunking them on the ground. And he looked discouraged. Oh. So when they find the live one that's crying, this is where the baby oh, crying yes. starts. Yeah. If you're sick of the TikTok sound, uh, it, it cuts straight to. <laughs> baby crying yeah don't worry we got another annoying sound yeah. for you to deal with um yeah they, they find it and at this point they're kind of like jackpot and the nurse whose eyes are visible the doctor's eyes aren't visible but the nurse's eyes are visible gets really wide-eyed and almost kind of like you couldn't i couldn't tell if it was fear or excitement at first and then you kind of find out it's both yeah so she walks off with the baby worm and the doctor sticks around to drill into the skull of the soldier and run some kind of cables in, which the, he then uses like 1983 TV antenna technology to tune in this screen uh, where he's seeing like a, uh, a war scene where uh, a guy that I called the, the fingernail priest. Um, I don't know what are you is he the one you're calling the last That's man? That's the last man. The last man. So okay. it's oh. this, this very and this is actually a human actor. Um, Alex, this I, is Alex Cox. He's not an actor. He's you guys heard of films like Sid and Nancy, Repo Man, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, Straight to Hell. Yeah, no, he's he's not. He's a badass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Alex Cox basically is the last man, and he um, he's the one. Is that's he a making, man with them hands? Yes, man? he's a man. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm thinking like um, who was the guy that so went crazy human, and. Yeah, I mean, um, so they were just long fingernails. Yeah. I just thought he had yeah. very long fingers. Oh, his toes are the same way. 
Yeah, I thought he had long fingers and toes. I was like, all right. <laughs> no, well, it's like every- long fingernails that are like almost like, you know, like yeah. three, four inches long. Don't they long curl when you see people's He even f- uh, has uh, special slippers that he can wear with those <laughs> yeah. toenails. Yeah, so that's why I was assumed yeah. was his actual yeah. just physiology. He had, he had some sandals and he was like, you know what? I customize these slippers for my toenails. I'm going to wear them because yeah. he has fun picking out his outfit. Yeah, I respect I like that. that. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's Mr. Rogers in that shit. He's yeah. like, well, time to go to work. Let's, uh, let's <laughs> put the fun one. Let's get the Cardinal outfit on. Well, he's committed for that Guinness Book of World Records for so, yeah, longest the, uh, fingernails. Yeah, exactly. The surgeon is watching this, and this is now a cut. We're now in a completely new vignette. Yeah. Um, again, the transitions are nice because they work for a visual medium, but like for the story, it's just kind of something that happens. Um, but yeah, we're watching uh, the last man pick out his outfit, and he's well, watching. Well, outside, yes, there's a yes. war going on with um, the soldiers, and also with um, some unique people that don't look like the soldiers. Yeah, there's a there's a crazy chaotic war scene going on with uh, you know some kind of poison gas around. And, I think and it World seems War like, One, World War Two type, you know, visuals. Uh, oh yeah, it's it yeah. turned up to a, a thousand. And at some point, it's some kind of madness infects them all, and they all just start screaming together. And what's as the, the scene, what, what's Did you? It's the it's the chanting. There's like this thing that comes over the. Air and it's like and they all just kind of like some of them start grabbing their head and I thought this was the voice of God or something like that uh, they start some of them start grabbing their head and like look like they're in pain others go into like this trance where they just kind of stand still and stare up at the sky and I was like oh okay like but they only did it once that noise started yes and so yeah I was kind of like okay what is this, this is the voice of God is this like the angels like what what is happening here? But that's when we cut inside and start seeing the last man. Well, there, I, I do just want to point this out because it was such a weird detail. As they're all screaming on the battlefield, there are two what look like businessmen just Fuck having me. sex. Yeah, yeah, with each other. I and saw that one. That like, nice little like Easter egg in the background. Yeah. I was like, well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, that's like, there. Two uh, men of a certain kind of taste that just know what they like, and they've gone out on a date to that battlefield so they can, uh, you know, have some real, real thrills out there. And uh, you're just kind of going, okay. So a I little wonder, I hinted if that, that was the the businessmen who profit from war, having fun and getting yeah. off with this chaos and carnage that they create. Absolutely. I, I took that as a message of like these guys can get. Fucked. They, they're, they're they're so safe that they can just go out and enjoy yeah. sexual uh, activity together while everybody course, else is going crazy. Making, yeah, you know, yeah. getting in the on dirty. Yeah, you know, just having knocking fun. boots. I know what you're trying to say, girl. It's business. It's business time. Dude, we can just keep going all day with this. Let's go. So <laughs> I'd rather not. No, let's. Uh, <laughs> so after the priest has picked out a lovely red outfit, we uh, walk over to a table where underneath the table, uh, kind of in the back of the room are like some weird witch ladies that are sewing together this this map and they've just finished it. So they hand it off to him. You couldn't really tell. I mean, you could kind of see it was a little bit of a map, but yeah, it looks like it's made out of flesh. Yes. And they're like sewing it together and they're frantically doing this. They look like like uh, like the, the Norns. I don't know if anybody knows like Norse mythology, but the Norns, the three Norns that basically kind of weave, you know, um, you know, destiny. And, you know, so I kind of took them as like these, these existential witches that were like, here you go, here's what you need. And I was wondering how they were getting the information. Yes. So, because they do hand him this rolled up map. And then this is where he unfurls it on the table. Okay. They're making these maps. Yes. So then he, he walks into a, a huge room where, you know, hundreds of these soldiers are all there standing at attention. And you can see they're actually like 15 feet tall. They're big. And he uh, brings the map up to another one of those pods, hands it off to the soldier inside. 
And then it drops just like at the beginning of the film on a line through the clouds. Only this time we don't have all those layers anymore. Uh, This time we're just kind of going straight out of the sky into something a lot more earthly uh, where there's like a city below. Did you think that we just skipped those layers or do you think that he went to like it was just they didn't have those layers on this run? I think that it's a different time. I think that maybe what we're seeing is a memory in that soldier. Maybe the soldiers are clones or something like that. Because it's because remember, we're still on the feed coming out of the that that either is coming out of or is being. Yeah. Um, like uh, used as an antenna or something, but we're still we're still watching the the TV monitor yeah, that's going into the soldier's is head. This happen, yeah, yeah. So I thought maybe this was a memory or like a past one or okay. something. You know, yeah, maybe a, a d- different world, different. It looked dimension. like New York, the city. I thought I saw like the Brooklyn Bridge. Kinda. Yeah, no, the, the, yeah. the second drop when he yeah. falls down, it is very much New York. It's a it's a post apocalyptic kind of human city, you know. And so he goes he goes walking through it, and we see immediately it's pretty messed up. There's big giant viruses that are like zapping people with lasers. There's um, weird red faceless prostitutes in an alley jerking off a minotaur. There is that. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, there we go. I was like, why not? Oh, you know, we we forgot to mention there was like a little bit of like some kind of decadence thing in the first uh, descent that we watched. Uh, He looked at that apartment complex. There's like a hot dog, like fucking its bun. Yeah, it was really weird. Yeah, food is having sex, killing a woman. Yeah, well, she's laughing and having a good time, almost as if like that's the intercourse or something. It was, but then there's just like a guy just being Tom Waits with a piano in the next room, (laughs) having a great time. So, so it was that's kind of weird. And this time we aren't greeted with any kind of like building like that, but there is a building off in a distance where. Mysterious figure watches the soldier through a window. He's like spying on him, you know. So he's expecting. And I wondered if that was maybe the physical representation of the surgeon watching him. But again, I didn't know. I don't or think it's the so. mad god. Oh, maybe. Peeping. Oh, the surgeon. Oh, yeah. Because the only way the uh, the priest can monitor him yeah. is kind of like a little bit of Morse code, some kind of radar room that he's gone yeah, into. Which you can only do in the pod. Yes. You know, so yeah, once he's left the pod, that's yeah, it. So. And the cool, the cool effect about this apocalyptic New York is uh, everything's kind of like ash covered, but it's also um, rusted as if it was like bronze. Like it's got that green and that like copper, yeah. the copper. That's what I'm thinking of. Like when it all kind of like rusts, when copper rusts, every, it has that look across the entire everything, which I thought was a really nice effect. A little patina across yeah. the whole apocalypse. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. So he, fi- he finds a motorcycle, goes through the city, seeing all kinds of stuff like the Minotaur handjob. Uh, and then he, uh, fi- the motorcycle breaks. He finds a nice military style Jeep, gets into that and then leaves town annoyed that some kind of Mexican music keeps trying to come through the radio. And every time it does, he starts smashing yeah, the, the dashboard radio came until it on turns like back off. off. See, yeah. I didn't take that as mo- more as like him annoyed at the Mexican. I thought it was like, this is going to give away my position. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. That's the way I kind of took it. I was like, shut up, shut up. Yeah. I, I was like, this guy really doesn't like music. <laughs> so he encounters this crazy war zone where heavy artillery and armored tanks are just blasting the shit out of each other while like nuclear explode. Once he gets beyond that, you could see, you know, out beyond the dust and everything that like on the horizon he's heading toward is just like nuclear explosion after nuclear explosion. It's see, that was constant. weird because yeah, he, he drives through that, that military war zone where there's like these giant, like think, you know, building size tanks that are yes. just just destroying each other. They have no concern other than just basically destroying everything around them. They're trying to take out each other. The set is insanely detailed and crazy. This is where the the army men stuff are, the piles of, you know, men, uh, the buildings that have been destroyed. Um, These tanks in this scene, like the environment they're destroying is done so well. And I I do want to kind of just, we've, 
I don't want to spend too much time on it because I can get really nerdy about it. But like the level of animation that these dudes and and these, these people in general just put into this project, like when the guy steps on rubble, like seven different pieces of rubble move according as if he like put pressure on it. Like yeah. you had to animate and move each one of those little pieces of like shale and and brick below his like feet, and it was like, good god! Like the the attention to detail, you can see why it was a labor of love, but. Man, th- throughout the whole thing, they did not give up on that that effort. It is present in everything here. Yeah, they're Phil and his friends are really showing off yeah. in this movie. <laughs> it's like a whole lot of look what we can do. Try yeah, to figure wonder, that out. Yeah, if they like approach it as like maybe this is like a swan song to practical effects type so. thing, you know, uh, or maybe their swan song at the very least. Yeah, I mean they're they're, they're flexing. It's it's pretty impressive. So he uh, he does he rides past the pile of corpses and then he finds his uh, destination, which is this weird kind of like concrete downward spiral, just wide enough for his uh, jeep to get down but what we notice at the the entrance to this thing another pile of suitcases yeah which i thought was interesting because i was like did they not make it down what stopped them or did they have a change of heart and not actually go the distance because think reverse tower you know like when they 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 drill like you know in quarries they'll like you know do like a little like um like i don't know like a 12 foot like you know hole and then they'll go a little bit smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller as you go down you kind of like have to like go wide and go down. Um, it's like that. So it's almost like a re- reverse tower of Babel. Oh yeah. Into nothing. <laughs> but like all those suitcases sitting there, I was like, did they have a change of heart? Where are these guys? Cause we didn't see anything that tried to kill them at this point. I, I thought it was like a warning, like, uh, you know, look, look, all your friends failed. Okay. You can try to drive your little Jeep down here, oh. but we know about you. Cause you know what? Here's you know, 50 of your friends dead. I like right. that. I thought that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of creepy. I like, it's like too. whatever's down there is sending the suitcases yeah. back up going like, yeah, maybe you'll win. Yeah, probably <laughs> not though. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good way of looking at it. I think that might be what it is, but, uh, we will never know. Because as he's descending, that's when the the weird uh, doctor the guy. This movie, you'll never know. You'll never know. <laughs> that's that's when the doctor loses the video feed. It, it cuts out, and now we're back in the operating room, and uh, we uh, cut to the, uh, the the baby worm and the nurse as she's walking down the hallway. And there there was a weird little moment there uh, as she's walking down the hallway that I swear that was CGI. It looked wrong. Like I looked like for a moment. They were like, let's put some bad CGI in it. Remind everybody of what they're missing. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they used some CGI. I don't think Tippett's like opposed to CGI. Again, I, I think I know he was just really like the yeah. story is like when he saw it in in like Jurassic Park, he was like, Well, you know, fuck it. You know, like so I wouldn't be surprised if there is some in here, but like I know that there's um a lot of like real footage mixed with like the way they would um cut frames to make it look like it was um animated. Yeah. They did that with the uh, the doctor and the nurse. It wasn't the movement, it was the shading. It had a look okay. of uh texture mapping. It had what what okay. uh, real like computer mm, graphics come type from. Stuff on, yeah. No like um like that that was a uh, a wireframe sculpted nurse with a texture mm. map of like everything looked a little off, a little blurry. Uh, uh, not quite. It looked wrong. I'm and I Quake three. And, and yes, I'll and, go back and check that out. Because and I there didn't would catch be that. no reason for there to be CGI in this scene. Like it wouldn't make any yeah. sense. And I could. Be, I'm probably wrong, but it just looked like it just enough for me to go like, is that what that was? And mm-hmm. uh, and it wasn't just that scene because it does show her walking down the hallway earlier too. Uh, before we go to the memory and the same reaction. I was like, I swear that's computer generated. Well, they, badly. There was something I found about this one. They actually put people in puppet suits. 
to make them look like they were wrong. Like, so like the, like the nurse actor or whoever yeah. could have been in a suit during a certain shot, like where they like were in a suit of themselves. So it looked incorrect. Like it looked like it was animated. So I don't huh. know if that's what it was. I'm going to go check that scene out because that actually There's, sounds It looks weird. Just see what you think. Yeah, I don't know. Listeners at home, just <laughs> see if it looks weird to you too. Someone was, get Phil on the phone. Yeah. Let's fucking settle this right now. Yeah, there's just there's something wrong with it. Uh, so she uh, she goes through a big giant door where it opens up, and what I call the plague witch is standing there, a big creepy uh, thing that I swear was the person or whatever standing on the spiral tower yes. at the beginning. See, it looked that's a lot like I, it. I saw that too, and I was like, that's the person from the very tower about yeah. the beginning. I loved this design. So it's a very dark kind of hunched over figure. It's got a very large hat, think a large brim, but around the bottom of this brim, there's like ribbon and like strands of like cloth with trinkets and bones and like everything that can jingle and stuff like that. Like, like almost like a veil, like this weird, yes. creepy kind of like beaded curtain veil of like dirty cloth and black, dark, you know, material. Um, and behind it, you can kind of see the face and then it's got the, uh, the plague doctor um, mask with the long, you know, beak like nose there's shrouds of rag and stuff like black rag hanging off the, um, the witch oh, doctor yeah. and it's all flowing and moving in the air. It kind of looks CG cause I know they can do it that way. Oh, I'm sorry. It looks uh, stop motion animation, but man, it was so much of it. I was like, that had to be insane if they did that by hand. You know what it looked like to me a little bit like fabric and water. Like maybe oh, they had, maybe they had some way uh, of uh, moving that stuff in water. Maybe. Yeah. They did oh. that oil thing at the beginning. Yeah. It could have been. Yeah. Very These much. guys are magicians, man. They have tricks and things yeah. they've been doing for decades, and we yeah. would just go, "Really? That? Wow! That's how that's done." I mean, they're they're showing off gods of animation, if you will. Absolutely, creators. Those uh, mad lads did it. Angry, <laughs> angry artists. So after uh, delivering the baby to the uh, the baby worm to the plague witch, the nurse uh, just nervous the whole time. Uh, the giant door slams, almost crushing her. And then she goes and lays down on her pile of hay where she cries herself to sleep. And Which at the I last moment, like, she hears the cry of a baby and it startles her back awake. Because the baby, when it gets handed over, like stops crying. Yes. And then when the door slams and it kind of goes away, she goes and lays down. She, she sheds a single tear, which I was like, does she know what's about to happen? Does she know that like this is going to do? I don't know. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know what she knows. But that kind of cast a doubt. I was like, what does she know that we don't? Um, but yeah, the baby starts crying like horrifically yeah. from behind the closed door. Like, and she just kind of like opens her eyes wide, like, Oh shit. And I'm like, okay. And then we cut away. <laughs> and I was like, damn yeah. it, go back. I want to know more. Well, and it would be, it seems to me like it would be hard to feel much sympathy for, toward a bloody baby worm screaming thing, but she swaddled it like a baby and carried it for a very long time to, on this walk to the plague witch. So maybe she didn't care about it at this point, but maybe she yeah. does know that something bad is going to happen to this apocalypse soldier gut baby worm bloody <laughs> crybaby yeah. thing and it bothers her. Yeah. It could be. So the uh, the plague doctor walks through a really interesting landscape where it's like giant blocks are opening to let him pass and then closing behind him. You know, just like yeah. the big iron door. It's like the, Think this. Think like a, a top-down isometric labyrinth type, you know, effect from the movie Labyrinth. It's yes. got some really cool like brick work and stuff. And it seems almost like it's to to isolate this guy from from whatever you know mm -hmm. else is going on. And but as as he's uh, going through, uh, he walks through these crazy like ecosystems and all this stuff. But he does walk through that cavern of uh, statues from the the yes. first scene, and we see uh, Harryhausen's. Harry uh, yeah. yeah, he goes back through that. So I guess we're back on that 
surface level. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But uh, that was kind of interesting. And we, we, we revisit that. And then we cut to who I call Puss Face. And Puss Face is like a... Uh, scientist or something like that. He he maintains this lab, uh, which is, I guess, fueled by these giant piles of shit because he, uh, he walks out of his lab where he finds two trolls just going at it, smacking each other in the face with shovels. They're both wearing iron masks and he stops and kind of yells at him a little bit. And then he pulls this lever and just shocks the piss out of him for like, a good half a minute, you know. It's very sadistic. It's yeah. almost like he's punishing him like, hey, guys, what are you, what are you doing? Stop doing this. But then he kind of gets in a little too into electrocuting these yeah, things. Yeah, he's having fun. And I and I, I would say even the animators got a little into it, uh, a little too into it because uh, <laughs> some of the parts that uh, go stiff on these trolls uh, when they're getting shocked, uh, is, 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 you notice it. And so yeah. um, he uh, he's punished them. They go back to shoveling. And then he walks on to where uh, he, he has this lab and he has this like terrarium where he's dropping food into there and you see these it's it's beautiful in there it's like this fungal ecosystem with these cute little aliens it's and they're it's so, so happy bright and colorful and pastel and like yeah. you know it's a complete juxtaposition of the hellscape we've lived in for an hour and 25 minutes now and it's just like this beautiful little like like oh wow look at this and these like little like katamari damasi king type things come yes. out and they they're eating mealworms or whatever they were they're so happy with like happy little xylophone music playing and oh and that's something we've been neglecting to mention this whole time is like this film has a great little soundtrack it's it's just it's cool it's it works man it's not like very like, ambient but yeah. um like very ex- i don't want to say experimental but almost um abstract at times you know it's not like it's like a tool video when you hear a song and then some shit's happening you know it's not like you know you know peter and the wolf where the themes are are carrying you through the story no the sound is just there to kind of just really help create this environment that you exist in and every location has its own unique feel and the sound does do a really good job of kind of helping you feel like i'm in a new place or this is the the tension of this particular zone yeah, they, I thought they did a great job. I mean, it was up there with like Stuart Copeland kind of soundtracks. It was, it was really cool. Uh, a lot of xylophone, though. Surprising amount yes. of xylophone. <laughs> you can never have too much xylophone, so I was a fan. It's a good instrument. I used to really enjoy playing that in music class, but I never bought one for myself as an adult, and I always swore I would. We're going to start a Patreon. <laughs> We're going to get you a xylophone. Yeah. So he, uh, after watching uh, the chaos that ensues when he unleashes a little spider monster to uh, stalk and kill one of his little happy little aliens, uh, he, uh, satisfied with himself, he starts cleaning the lab, preparing for his guest, mm-hmm. who is the plague witch. Well, see, I thought it was the witch's lab and he was just the caretaker. I thought he was like the little like Igor who was supposed to be cleaning the lab for the plague witch. That makes sense. That's probably what it was. Cause yeah, more like this is like her, like the, the plague yeah. witch's little like, you know, like, hey, keep the place clean. Go get me a new Erlenmeyer flask, you know, like. Yeah. It, that it kind of thing seemed a little high upper, upper scale for puss face left know, to his own machinations while, yeah. while the parent is gone one scene right before um the plague witch comes back the plague witch is watching walking with the the worm baby and as it's walking and this scene fucked with me like this weird little alien skeleton monster oh. like it's like mama mama yeah. <laughs> mama like like walking behind it like begging for attention begging for like acknowledgement like and it's a toddler child monster and the way it's saying mama is like just so like for the love of god stop and look at it like pay attention like what the fuck are you doing and the plague witch doesn't even acknowledge its existence and as the plague witch is walking it's walking faster than this little like baby monster can like waddle after it and it's just like its voice is breaking 
because it's getting no, like, like this is a failed experiment that the, the witch doctor doesn't give a shit about. And it is like, oh my God, that fucked me up. I was like, you piece of shit. I was like, you deserve whatever's going to happen to you. I was hoping those bombs would go off at that point. I, I feel you and you're a good person, but that thing did not look like something I'd want to talk to. Like it no, looked I, very, I know it was that, so but needy I'm just saying it's and you're like, just sitting there going, okay, maybe this time I'll pet it or something. And then it's like, oh, don't walk away. And it's grabbing your clothes yeah. and you're going, see, this is why. You want to come see why, my room? Yeah. It's really cool. I got a this new is, Power Ranger. Like, not, uh, yeah, exactly. See, I took it as like the witch doctor created this thing and then just abandoned it. Like, oh, you're not what I want or you're not what I, it's like. I don't know. I, I always have a weird spot for like those who create and then ignore. Uh, Alien Resurrection. Yeah. One could argue not a fantastic movie. One could argue it's Blade 2 in space. One could argue it's Vampire Hunter D, Bloodlust in space. But like when you walk in that room and it's like all the like Ripley's that are fucked up and mutated and stuff like that, it was like, you pieces of shit. Like you played God and you like, you, you created a life of suffering and you are ambivalent to it. And that just drives me crazy. I don't know why. Like in movies do that. It always just like, I will hate no one more than someone who's like, yes, I've created now go away. You know, you're just like, no, no, you fucking take some goddamn responsibility here. So you put one in the forehead, like a good, bad owner. I mean, should. Honestly, right. That is like a very like heartbreaking concept, but I could at least respect that of like, you didn't leave this thing to suffer on its own. Like you at least were like, I'm not going to be there for you. Boom taken care of. I agree with everything you guys are saying, but still, there's a point where that baby monster has to accept that being super weird and needy is gonna affect its social life, and it yeah. just it needs to be something that people want to hang out with. Super you know? weird and needy. I need to believe there's a better way. <laughs> Couldn't it be that the the plague witch is teaching that monster? No, you let are me going stop to you right her. now, John. Let me stop you the, right now. Whatever the, your head can is. No, on this, I got you. I got you. The world is shitty and terrible, and nobody gives a fuck about you. So I'm gonna have to toughen you up because we saw what those little soldier dudes had to navigate through put a metal mask on Look. and electrocute it at least give us some attention that's all i'm saying uh, you can't all be the minotaur some people are given the hand jobs so. <laughs> i think that's probably the ultimate lesson phil Tippett wanted us to get from the film sometimes you're the minotaur sometimes, sometimes you're the weird little man in the alley giving the minotaur a hand job yeah that's, you wanted me to have a clue i think i get the movie now <laughs> success <laughs> all right so the rest of this is all pretty much like end of 2001 visual chaos but basically they take the baby uh, the baby worm not the needy baby that garrett feels so bad about they take the baby worm who i guess has a better fate because they put it in a crushing machine there in the lab they squish it into goo they put the goo into a crucible bring it up to about 2000 degrees and then pour it out into a nice little shiny ingot which and the pus face cocaine. yeah pus face then takes that ingot puts it in a mortar and pestle crushes it up into the most beautiful gold dust baby cocaine you've ever seen this is a beautiful scene too when he crushes that uh the ingot into like the, the dust like the way it like sprays out of the pestle and stuff like that is so fucking cool oh yeah whatever real world substance that actually was because it yeah. was was really cool we got to get some for parties because that was like neat yeah. stuff it, was, it wasn't glitter okay yeah like just, <laughs> it's just <laughs> it was magic whatever it was i'm sure it's toxic as hell but when that, when that, uh, when that play doctor first walked into its place it was i was like i swear to god if I see Jared the Goblin King here. I'm gonna be so pissed. <laughs> it, was like, it looked like a very labyrinth like like place at first. I was like, he's just uh -oh. like, 
in the bathroom on, or in the back in the background on a chair, uh, juggling a couple of crystal balls and just humming. It's getting a hand job from a minotaur, you know, <laughs> classic. Yep. So they take the baby dust on a plate and they open this window into what looks like the flame of frenzy, chaos, the glowing bright yellow light, like a uh, flaming black hole. Yes. And they just dump the baby cocaine into that. Mm-hmm. And, it, and then time and space gets high as fuck. Yeah. It starts. We get like what? 10 minutes of weird, like visual, like glorious, like, you know, effects on the screen, colors, very 2001, as you said. Yeah. And well, yes, but also with a kind of out of place scene of what looks like a little uh, um, planet mobile with a flying saucer yeah, on the like screen. Yeah, like a 1950s. Like some Ed Wood kind of thing yes. for a moment. There. So it's very indicative of the Big Bang. Like, so I got, so what I took away from the scene is like, he throws this dust in, it causes this massive explosion. It creates, cause it, it does have the, the solar system and the dust and it's got planets with like uh, meteors hitting them and cracking it and making you know, like, and then it like kind of transitions into a line of planets that looks like a mobile and then yeah. like has a little like alien ship. The worst flying saucer calling. you've ever seen. Yeah. Just like a little UFO. Yeah. yeah. But I, I was like, what is happening now? <laughs> I was so upset. <laughs> this was the, this was the beginning of creation life. This was the big bang. Like this witch doctor well, created its own, like the, the well, time. It was recycled. a big bang. You know, you know guys, that UFO, that planet. I mean, that's kind of the beginning of special effects. Yeah. Oh shit! So maybe he, maybe he's using this film as a way to reinvigorate and big bang and recreate people being interested in stop motion as a way to restart. Yeah. And I mean, we, it just has a, in this. yeah, just the a few frames of like Harryhausen, but doesn't know? the planet Absolutely. like become shitty pretty much immediately? Well, that's the thing is like, <laughs> this is, yeah. So we see, you know, the dust, the circle, the, the solar system, we see planets form. We see the little, like, you know, uh, CGI or the, not CGI, but the little, uh, UFO. Yeah. Um, let's keep talking about the UFO guys. Then, let's really <laughs> drive that home. Look, I'm just trying to get this back to a point of reference. And then we end up on a planet and that planet starts basically developing and growing and yeah. life and just weird, like, and then it becomes chaos, and then there's war, and then there's like a city. Well, there's a city before. No, but the city looks like a modern city. Yeah, it looks like, like, it looks like one of our Chicago or something. It's totally shit. normal. There's yeah. a radio tower. The radio tower starts beeping up top, and then boom, we start getting like, you know, crazy well, we, effects. We in the cut sky. down to the street. Yes. Down to the street below, yep. where. Uh, so I'm not like, not, when I say boom, I don't mean like a bomb. I just mean oh, like, you okay. know, like, we see like crazy stuff, like colors in the sky and stuff like that, and then we cut down to the street. Yeah. Yes. And on the street below, a couple of child soldiers are kind of running around and like playing with spray paint and vandalizing and stuff or whatever, graffiti. And they uh, see one of those suitcase bombs from earlier in the film. Did they, they see it or do they have it? I don't think they had it. I think it was there. Okay. I thought they brought it with them, but okay. Yeah. They, yeah. they find one of the suitcase bombs. And as gunshots are being fired at them, they set it off and it, I guess it just destroys the universe because it's like the planet, the city goes, the planet goes. And then we start flashing through like, you know, just a few frames at a time of like scenes from earlier in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everything is just burning, burning, burning and going all crazy. So I took this as the youth basically finding this bomb, killing what Hollywood has basically said is the new standard and basically like, no, this is rad. We're going to bring this back. Ooh. You know, like I saw this as like the youth being inspired, like, you know, like the way things are, you know, like, cause they had, they were spray painting an anarchy symbol, you know, it's, it's always the kids that are going to like bring shit back or revitalize. I mean, Kate Bush is popular right now. What the fuck is happening? No, okay. I'm sorry. Kate Bush is viral right now. Yeah, okay. Viral. Get, get with the time. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like yeah. running up that hill is a viral hit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, Never in my life thought I'd be hearing this much Kate Bush again. And I'm just like, yo, great song, but 
what the fuck is going on? Yeah, yeah, really. So, but no, I took this scene as like, you know, like the cycle repeats, you know, cycle repeats. And then it was like, it's the youth that are going to like bring it down. And then, you know, because of what they're, they're doing, they're invigorating, they're, reinventing and I don't know I thought that was a really cool kind of like end cap on things I, I like love the it. optimism yeah, I think uh, it's great I don't know that kids are bringing back stop motion though at the they're bringing back cassette tapes yeah right? I don't know what that's about just yeah just wait for them they're bringing a lot of stuff back man yeah. I heard the, <laughs> I saw online today that uh, some VHS sold for fifty thousand dollars uh, what was it? It was a sealed Back to the Future, what? and it was quote unquote graded. Uh, and it's like you y'all can't grade a sealed thing. I mean, guess you, you could. But VHS tapes just degrade anyway, just by nature. So I, I mean, unless it's like uh, vacuum sealed. I've got a lot of classic ones at the house that you got a good VCR. They they still. Look I gave good. Mark a ton of them. So yeah, yeah. he's got two copies of Shawshank Redemption because everyone just kept dumping VHS in my house, and I was like, why do I have two copies of Shawshank on VHS? I never even bought a copy of Shawshank on VHS. <laughs> and I was like, here, Mark, take these. Uh, so. I've made my feelings on 480 known, let alone 360 or whatever ridiculous resolution VHS fucking crayons on construction paper. 320 by 240, I want to say. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't need to watch postage stamp movies yeah. in this day and age. <laughs> so uh, after all the uh, destruction and everything, we, uh, we cut back to... Uh, what I was calling Puss Face's lab, but Garrett cleared up that it's most likely the Plague Witch's lab. Mm-hmm. Puss Face just works there. It could be like a co-working space. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, I'm sorry. No, I, I missed something. After all the destruction, everything is formed into a black hole. Yes. And the black hole kind of throws monoliths out. And then we cut back to Plague Witch's lab yep. where uh, the clocks are speeding up. We go faster and faster, faster. And then we meet a scene of another suitcase bomb. And it's right about to detonate. And as it hits its uh, timer, a cuckoo clock comes out instead. And it, a, a, a stop motion, like little like weird monster bird is like cuckoo, cuckoo. And then it looks at the little camera, breaks the fourth wall and cuckoos at you one more time. Yes. I'm crazy for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> <laughs> and we cut to darkness. We sit for a second going, what the hell was that? Mm-hmm. Why a cuckoo clock? What? Mm-hmm. Then it wasn't even a normal cuckoo clock. It was like a mutant, weird, like the, the cuckoo was alive and freaky. It's and Woody Woodpecker, man. What yeah. in the world was that? It would have been almost more and strange then, if it was a regular cuckoo clock, though. That that would, weird. <laughs> wait a minute. Movie's not over. We're back in the old war room with Alex Cox, the fingernail priest. And he's still looking down the hole where they sent the last pod just waiting. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. Phil Tippett's yeah. mad God. And that's why I was, I was like, it's like, oh, like, is he sending this down to destroy? Like, is he going down to try to like, is, because I thought maybe Phil Tippett was the last man. Like, you know, like he was the Alex Cox character. Like, I'm going to send these people down to destroy what I hate and what's become unruly and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, did it happen? I, I don't need to wait for the mic. Sorry. Like, did it happen? Is it happening? I like that. You like, need a way to look down the hole. Yeah. I, actually, I, I looked down the hole. As <laughs> yeah. I was saying, I was looking down the hole. So, you know, it's, it's an audio medium. It makes sense. Yes. Um, I, yeah. Again, and there's just so many ways you can interpret all this that, like, I don't know. I can't say I'm right, but it was just so interesting. And then we get the, the end credits is like a whole like xylophone song over the oh, credits. That's oh, that's yeah. More xylophone. Yeah. Really, really jaunty little xylophone song. And there is a post-credit, I guess. With the guy's uh, yeah, yeah, some thunder strikes, and then we yeah. see an eyeball kind of looking around. Which is reminiscent because after the um, the oil takes over the Tower of Babel, we get an eye for a second before right. we start the movie. So that's it's right. almost like it's like you're watching this. And like I don't know. Again, there's so many things that we could be reading into, but that's what I love about kind of like experimental film though, is you do get, you need to flex your brain. 
Yeah. You, know, you do get to kind of like be like, okay, I think it's this, or I thought, you know, blankety blank blank. Yeah, it, it's a tough one. I, you know, I, uh, I watched it twice this weekend. Uh, I think I need to just give it a third watch where I'm not taking notes. That's probably pretty important, but uh, I'm not pausing it because there's definitely a rhythm to the film that uh, I want to, you know, I want to get on board with. Like I want to get into the, to the, the, the way the movie, yeah, the, it sounds dumb, but like the, the, the pacing and the rhythm of the film, I want to get in there to it that I think trying to analyze it the first watch I may have may have missed out on as well. Yeah. I'm definitely going to watch it again because I think there's something there. Also, I'd love to like put some music on quietly in the background and watch it. Okay. You know? Yeah. You know, yeah, see if totally that shit matches up, up with, with Wizard of Oz or some yeah, shit, you know, exactly. or Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, but it's like a bad Pink Floyd. I was like uh, animals. You know? <laughs> yeah. Turns out kiss albums. Every one oh, of them. No. Sings up yeah. too. John, why would you do that to me? Yeah. Only the albums where they didn't wear makeup. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> Typical John bringing it back to the beginning. Yeah. Real Phil Tippett over here. No, we call that narrative <laughs> conclusion. Phil doesn't know about that. <laughs> John changed your mind at all after discussing Mad God. You still feel the same exact way about it? You did yes. at the beginning. Okay. Okay. It is a, a, a marvel of artistic talent, and I think people should watch it just because it's incredible to see what people who are so passionate and talented at their craft can create. But I think it's also a testament that just because you're good at one craft doesn't necessarily mean you're good at another craft, like crafting a story um, or telling a story. But I, you know, I think uh, I think it's still worth a watch. Also, it was more boring than we let on. I'm not going to lie. For some of it, I'm just like, uh, all right, I get it. I get what you like. I get what I'm seeing here. Like, we get you feel like with. you've seen stuff like that before, and that's why it was boring. It wasn't surprising or anything. Maybe I'm just yes, yeah, like numb to this the whole concept of horror movies. Like, because a lot of the reviews are, oh, this is the most ridiculous visuals we've ever seen. And like, yeah, I get it. Like, yes, I mean, it's very creative. But we've seen that one movie, Cuso. Uh, Cuso, right? It kind of reminded me of not a horror movie, but it reminded me of like Nine, which is another stop motion movie with a little rag doll going through a post apocalyptic yeah, world. I think Nine might have been CG though. I Man, it probably was. Yeah, I think I think Nine uh, was computer animation that was supposed to look like. But that the style. visual. Yeah. For some reason, it reminded me of an older movie called Delicatessen. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the 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 ambient the ambiance of it feels yeah. very similar. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying, and I will I will be the first to admit, as someone who loves experimental animation, someone who loves animation in general, and will just always get excited about it. I don't care what style we're going with. Um, it's an art form that I just hope gets resurgence. I, I hope it never goes away. I'm loving to see that like that there's there's so many anime movies that are getting popular, you know, nowadays and accepted with you know global release. I, I will I will agree with you. This movie is boring. <laughs> but it's boring if you go into it expecting it to hold your hand. And it really didn't hold your hand. It kind of basically like it, it, what it did is it basically turned off the lights, closed the park and said, here you go. Fiesta Texas is yours. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, I don't know how to run this ride. And they're like, bye. See you in the morning. And you're just like, OK, cool. This could be wild or this could be fucked up. <laughs> I don't know? think following the basic tenets of storytelling is holding your hand, though. That's like very dismissive of the idea of there is a framework of how you how generally you tell a, a story through film. Right. And we have been very, very dickish about other movies but that have this, deviated but from this the was framework. not designed as a as a cohesive story that had to be told from A to B. This was a lot of little like things that have been done. Sure. I mean, he had ideas for stuff, but like this is, these are projects that have kind of been 
form together. So it's but, almost like it's almost like taking like the classes group projects and then being like, okay, now let's put these all into one project. You know, you, there's, there's going to be some. I don't yeah, want to say hurdles, but there's going to be some like disconnect and some some. That's fine. Bumpiness. I just want to make sure our listeners know that that is what they're getting into because I don't think that is how it's being advertised, like on Twitter and on fair. Shutter. Like that is not the message that is getting across. Is like the the ads for this movie are like you're going to see the most bonkers, crazy shit you'll ever see in your life. It's an astonishing uh, film. The scariest film yeah. since The Exorcist. Like no, Shutter is like really turning it up to eleven, and I don't think that is. Accurate advertisement. I, I will say this. Again, I did not know what the the story was. I did not. I mean, I knew I've seen the snippets. I heard a little bit about like some of the concepts. But I mean, I did not know what Mad God, the finished project was going to be based off the advertisements from Shudder, based off what I was seeing, like, you know, like those being like, hey, this is coming out. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you're right. It is being presented in a very I don't I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but like it does not come across as like the most experimental mind blowing shit you'll right. ever see. It basically comes across as like, you're going to love this weird, dark animated movie. Yes. If there are more, I think I would have been better about it if people, if the well, people, but if like the, the discussion around this movie was more upfront about what you're actually getting, which is, you know, and look, I love headcanon. I love applying my own thoughts to stories. Uh, that's fine. But I feel like for a whole movie, they should let you know, like, Hey, what you are seeing is not going to be a complete, effectively a completed product. Uh, it's, it's a complete product. I mean, it's a, a movie it's that I, I know what you're, starts I know what you're and ends, to say. but you are bringing say, yeah. the work we had to do to finish the story or to build a story. One, also, we don't even know it's if we're right. It's Blue Apron. We were it's, given the ingredients. We had to cook it ourselves. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Fine. We <laughs> mad libs the story yeah. to the framework of this film. Is it the right Speaking story? Blue I don't apron, know. Get at us. You know, we could we could totally use some sponsorships and I could definitely <laughs> eat better than Pop-Tarts and fucking, you know. Blue Apron. I have not heard them advertise at all. Are they still around? I don't know. I have no idea. I just thought it Squarespace. That is who is single-handedly supporting the podcast industry. I just don't know why uh, yeah, Audible yeah. hasn't gotten for us. You know, like, dude, I will do audiobooks. Oh, I love audiobooks. But anyway, uh, I I, uh, I think... <laughs> Romance novels, uh, that's it. John, I think you're being a little unfair. I want to get back on to that because yeah. I, I think that you're, you're criticizing the film because of promotions that you've seen for the film. I don't Fair. think that uh, Phil Tippett and the gang think that they've created the most experimental film ever. I think they created a work of art and they hope we'll enjoy it and they've shown us a lot of really cool stuff for us to uh, let our imaginations go on and just enjoy. Okay, that's fair. I think it's like it's like walking into an art gallery uh, where an art show where there's um you know, uh, abstract stuff on the walls, uh, non-objective art and, and just being angry that like I don't know what that picture is of. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's just fine. I also don't like that kind of art. So I, mean, I respect that I'm not the audience for this film, but I want to be the voice for our listeners who are also not the, you know, the, the subset of our listeners who are also not the audience. For I this think film. that's fair because I do think there's a, there's probably a, a large chunk of our audience that is not going to enjoy this movie. And, uh-huh. you know, like I, I would hope that they would, and maybe I'm, I'd love to be pleasantly wrong, but, um, you know, like I just, I just think that, you know, I see your point, John. And I and I, I will I will go with you on this journey, but I do feel like it's not necessarily the responsibility of marketing to set the pace. I mean, how many movies have we, have we seen in our lives that were the like the trailer? A one hour photo with Robin Williams is a good fucking example oh, of that. Yeah. What's that the trailer like came for that? Out, oh, the trailer came out. And it was just like, oh, Robin Williams in a role that you won't believe. Oh man, blah blah yeah. blah. I worked at the theater when that came out, and people walked out and were pissed at us. 
they were like, I want my money back. That's not a Robin Williams movie. It's like, no, that's straight up what you're getting. And it was like, they were mad huh. because it was just completely marketed in a way. That, that was like, not Genie. <laughs> I mean, they did, they did kind of like try to make it like, like in a role that you wouldn't believe, uh, unlike you've ever seen them yeah, before, you know, but they didn't be like, this movie's fucking creepy and messed up. And is, Robin though. Williams is an asshat, you know, like you're yeah. not going to like him. Like people were pissed. I mean, so I, I can see where you're going with it. I'm with you, but I also don't think that that, to, to, to Matt's point also, I don't think that should be held negatively against the film, but I think you're both doing but a public... But it colored my interpretation of the film, right? Because it's how I viewed it going. Maybe if I watched it again now, knowing what I'm getting into, maybe I'll like it better. I probably won't ever watch it again, but uh, <laughs> if I did, maybe I would. But I think fair. it's fair that that's the, the perspective that I approach this well, film that's as. That's what the Grave Talk's all about. Different opinions, different yeah. perspectives, respecting those, and calling out John when he's dead fucking wrong. So, <laughs> which you know. happens all the time, which is fine. You know what? I don't. Uh, I, Look, everyone hates my opinions too, so I, I'm with you, John. Yeah, I, I get it. I can have an unpopular opinion every all the time. So. John, what about the craft aspect of it? Like, what, what oh, about the point where you're, where you're watching it and you're going like, this whole crazy city is like on a folding table in this guy's bedroom yeah. right now and you know because well probably not his bedroom but his home studio uh, yeah i get what you mean though. But yeah no that part's amazing and i don't want to detract from the work that he's done and or the team has done that's why i think people should watch it because it is like a great testament to what can be done uh with practical effects that part's cool one of the wildest things I ever saw was at the uh, the McNay in San Antonio. Uh, they actually had some of the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas sets on display, and I can't tell you how many times I like caught the bus over there and like saw them repeatedly because oh, nice. you can see them like five hundred times and stare at them for hours, and you'll just keep finding new shit. And you're like, "Holy crap! That floorboard is lifted just enough so you can see that spider like crawling." And you're like. Who the fuck? You know, like, yeah. don't you have a job to do? Don't you have families, wives, kids, like anything? Like, what is going on here? Just they like, do have the, a job. It's to make that movie. But the level, <laughs> yeah, but the level of like detail again, and and maybe that's just you know, maybe that's me. I have stars in my eyes whenever I see this stuff. I yeah. do get, I do get a little bit blinded to the. Um, craftsmanship of it. The yeah. sheer craftsmanship. That's not a great sentence, but you know what I'm uh, saying? Yeah, like, I do. I mean, so, look, here's what I'll tell you. It's no Team America World Police. Okay, you want to know about <laughs> practical effects? No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I had a moment when I was in college where I walked into this gallery and uh, there was a switch on the wall and I turned it on and on a projector screen in the front, this uh, video of like a look kind of like a drone footage of like flying over a field and then like um, a camera going through the aisle of an, an airplane with nobody in it, you know, real. OK, what's that? And then at the same time, there were these white boxes on the walls that were just I could see lights flashing and hear stuff going on. And I'm just going, what is this? I almost walked out. And then I realized that all the stuff I was seeing on the screen was the live feed from inside those boxes. That everything was, there were miniature sets inside the boxes oh. with little digital cameras traveling around inside them. And everything I was seeing on the screen was actually in the room with me. Oh, well, that's pretty cool. And I've never seen anything that good again, and I forgot to see what artist that was. But um, if you're listening, yeah. get at us. <laughs> I would Where are you showing next? Rad artists like listening to us. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, I was kind of taken there with some of Phil uh, Tepit's uh, stuff in this film again. Just just watching a film and going like. Because the scale, you never know what the scale is. You never know where you're at. Like you, you think you're watching miniatures on a table and then you see uh, people in suits walking around in there and yeah. you realize, okay, no, wait, some of this is huge. And wait, what's what? And it was just that constant like confusion and disorientation and 
great soundtrack. And yeah, I don't know. I, I think your audience might like it a lot more than, yeah. than you guys are. Predicting. I mean, I, th- I think, I mean, again, I hope they do. I just, you know, like, I just don't know. Like, cause again, I, I notoriously have taste and stuff that a lot of people don't like. So yeah. I'm yeah. 41% Same who's, here. <laughs> uh, who is not on the Rotten Tomato good side of it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my audience. Well, that was Mad God on Shutter right now. It actually got a short theater release um, as well in a few locations. I don't know how long it'll be there, but um, you know, it's on Shutter right now. I'm sh- I know they got it for a while. I don't know if it's permanently exclusive, but I'm really hoping they do a, a Blu-ray uh, release because I would love to see some behind the scenes. Um, you know, Garrett, do I have news for you? Special the media. internet says that uh, Phil Tippett put things up on his YouTube channel about the making of and behind the scene mm-hmm. footage. Oh. So, so if I just done a little bit of work, then yeah. I would have basically been. We we all know only Mark puts in work. So <laughs> yeah. no, I'm just kidding. It's mostly Mark. Mark, come back, please, come back. please. Mark's um, working hard right now to make sure we see every uh, thing he eats. Yeah, uh, Mark, uh, you'll have to tell us. Like, does food taste better if you put it on Facebook? Is that how that works? Because I think I have Mark blocked on Facebook or like <laughs> muted, so I haven't seen any of that. So like, not, seen... not blocked doesn't like fuck Mark, but oh. just like I don't think I see his feeds. So <laughs> not blocked, just ignored. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like my face, I I don't know. Social media, I blocks. I like mute so much because I'm like tired <laughs> yeah. of seeing. It. I was like, I don't want to see anything except for like cool art and you know upcoming movie trailers like yeah. everything else i'm like i could care less i'll answer for mark it's very scientifically proven that if you post a photo of your food it tastes seven million percent better really it's, yeah that's seven just science yeah i, I don't like it's astonishing excited about food i just like when people get excited about stuff so if he's stoked about his food then good for him <laughs> i wish i was as excited about his food as he was i'm gonna yeah. order a you pizza know, later and basically put it on the grave talk podcast and be like, <laughs> oh, it's finally happening yeah pb and j sandwich going up there. Hopefully, <laughs> will deliver it himself. Uh, anyway, that was is Mad he delivering God. pizzas? I don't know. God, I hope not. Um, no, he's still working his stuff. Uh, that was Mad God on Shutter. Uh, tell us what you guys think. If you liked it, if you thought that we were way off base with our takes on this, uh, if John was blatantly wrong, if Garrett was blatantly wrong, we know Matt is right. That's yeah. why we bring him. Uh, on you should have seen his so. notes. So if he oh. is wrong, he's the most well documented wrong yeah, amongst he, us. He's <laughs> Pepe Sylvia, and we're over here just like like I like movies. Um, no, uh, let us know what you guys think. If you guys have any ideas for other films you think we might want to check out, if you have any good animated recommendations, uh, hit us up. Uh, you can hit us up on all the social medias. We got the Facebooks. We got the Instagrams. We're on the Twitters. Um, we're on the TikToks. We don't have anything on there, but we will eventually. Yeah. Somehow. Follow us and we won't spam you with food uh, TikToks. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, definitely animated films. You know, if you guys got recommendations. I, stuff. I have animated recommendations. Okay. Well, hit us okay. up. Bro. Yeah. Uh, it's got to be through our social media. Now is not the oh, time. I can't, no, no. Okay. No, 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 no. We need the engagement. So yeah, just feel free to hit us up. Thank you guys for listening. As always, you know, like we don't say it enough. We love you guys. We love hearing from you. Hit us up. You know, we're so stoked you guys are liking the podcast still. So keep giving it a listen. Give it a like. If you have a chance, you know, five-star rating that shit. You know, let's talk about how awesome John and Garrett are. Mark, yeah, you Mm -hmm. can go to hell. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? Or to gravetalk.com is our website. You can also find everything there. And I'm going to shut up now and get to these movie recommendations. Oh, no, I I like John's idea. Yeah, you'll have to check them out on social media, guys. Oh, shit. Engagement. There it is. Boom. All right. See you next week where our movie will be Black Phone. Bye.